Blog Talk Radio. Thank you. 
Father, we praise your name, Father. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. We praise you for the days that we're in right now. We praise you for the good. We praise you for the bad. We know that there's worse coming, and we are just we, we, we're just going to give you the glory, Father. We do not want to be like the Israelites. We do not want to be a part of that Psalm 78, 40, 41 uh, scripture where it says, again and again, again and again, they tempted God and limited the Holy One of Israel. Father, we do not want to limit you in any aspects of our lives. We want to live and walk the Beatitudes. We want to become the scripture we want to walk in your obedience in the obedience that that even those things of which we do not yet even understand in our lives and we pray father that you will raise up before our hearts and help us to understand those things which displease you those things that we need to make a course correction on father if we need to be chastened we pray that we'll be chastened if we need to be purified we pray that we'll be purified we pray that your refiner's fire will be constantly at the ready to bring us back onto that narrow path to prevent us from wavering from breaking through the guardrail. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that if there is anything, any attitudes, any feelings, any iniquity that is in our lives and our walks and our belief systems, that it will be removed. We pray in the name of Jesus and come against any strongholds that are in our lives, any addictions, any things that, that those addictions can be feelings that we have repetitively that we want to get rid of that should, that are just you know not in alignment with your holiness and your will and the love that, and the compassion that comes from our Lord Jesus who lives within us for it is no longer we who lives but Christ who lives in us. Father, we pray that that will be amplified in our walk, that you will outpour the presence of the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit in our walks, not just in accordance with our the need, but Father, also in accordance with, uh, with, with what we request and we place before your throne a petition, Father, in the name of Jesus, for the Holy Spirit gift of love, the Holy Spirit gift of faith, and the Holy Spirit gift of discernment. Now, more than any any other time, Father, more, more than any of the other gifts, we pray that these gifts will be poured out upon 
upon us because we need them now uh, desperately because of the days that we are in right now and the days that we can see forthcoming and imminent in our near future. We praise you, Father God, for helping us to keep a Nepho spirit, a sober, uh, level-headed spirit as we look at the, the news and the things that are being claimed out there, Father. If, if we haven't awakened to the, the fact that, uh, that pretty much all of the sources of information that are out there in the internetosphere are uh, corrupted to some degree or another, we know that we all hear through, uh, we all see through the mirror dimly. We all prophesy in part. Father, let us not take anything that we hear from anybody, even our fellow brothers and sisters and believers, at, at, you know, as if it's the gospel truth. Help us to understand that we need to anchor ourselves in your word. We need to understand your word. It needs to become who we are. We need to walk in that word. We need to be con- continuously spending time reading it uh, and, and just absorbing it in every manner and, 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 and make it a part of who we are in our walk, in our lives, as we continuously examine and judge ourselves and seek you, Father God, in repentance, seek you, Father God, by confessing of our sins all day long, if that's what it takes. We pray that we will draw in closer to you and spend more time every day in the secret place of the Most High, Father. We need your uh, strength. We need, because we're running out, Father, the the prophecies that have been spoken over the years uh, that that have said that, uh, that, you know, things along the lines of that you know that we are weary. Father, that's an understatement. Nowadays, we are so beyond weary. It's, it's, it's a miracle to be able to even get up the next day and continue forward. And so many of us are struggling even with getting up the next day and continuing forward. Some of us are, are slipping into states of depression, states of, you know, which, which goes hand in hand with feeling, you know, sorry for ourselves and the situations that we're in. Some of us are going through very difficult times. Uh, we have lost family members. We've lost loved ones. We've, we're going, you know, we, we, we struggle with being able to continue to love and to pray for people that we recognize could be part of the global satanic control grid. And we know that we are commanded to do so. And we just pray, Father, in the name of Jesus, that you will fill us with love abundantly overflowing so that we, beyond the point that we are able to understand it, that it has to be nothing but Jesus and the presence of the Holy Spirit in us. And we pray that that will overflow us and that we will pray for all of the people, Father God, that you touch and lay upon our heart that uh, for their salvation and, 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 and that you would forgive them, Father, because they know not what they do. We praise you, Father, for the days that we are in. We praise you for the days that we are heading into, and we pray that you will strengthen us. Strengthen us through the presence of your Holy Spirit with your love, with with an overflowing abundance of your grace that we all so desperately need today more than ever before and for the days that we have ahead. And now to him, our Lord Jesus, who is able to keep us from stumbling and present us faultless someday before the presence of your glory, Father God, with exceeding joy. And to you, Father, our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory, majesty, Majesty, dominion, and power, both now and forevermore. Amen.
Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. So here we are. (laughs) Here we are. January at the end of January of 2022. My goodness gracious. Here we go launching into another year. And we're what do we got in front of us? What do we got going on? Everybody's like, you know, uh, now what what whether what what is the new sleight of hand that the global Santana control is, you know, we could say control grid or crime syndicate. I prefer crime syndicate because I think they behave more uh, like a uh, crime syndicate. They certainly do beyond any shadow of a doubt. Um, and, um, and, you know, w- w- what's next? Um, you know, is there going to be a skirmish in Russia over the Ukraine? Are they going to blitzkrieg into the Ukraine? Uh, I know that the, uh, the, the, uh, the shape-shifting reptilian that refers to itself as Biden when it's not wearing Depends and, you know, doing awful horrible things all over the western wing, west wing of the you know the the white house according to some reports from uh the uh the uh, um um uh, oh gosh uh, you know the insiders that are there you know and the guards and such uh that call into radio shows but it's a lot worse you know it's a lot worse than we realize evidently uh but uh and 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 people are catching on you know to it's it's so confusing because you have I don't even know how to describe it. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Usually you would see a predominant leading storyline or narrative, if you will, that would be the prime narrative. Now what we see are pockets of various different, absolutely contrasting narratives uh, and pockets of people that are believing or latching on to those various narratives. So, uh, and you might say, well, give me an example. Well, one, one of those examples would be that, you know, the coronavirus epidemic or pandemic is, uh, you know, which we know is a bioweapon attack. Um, uh, and, so, and much more evil even than that is the mRNA version of the vaccine. And I'm not even getting it. That stuff is so creepy. It's just not, it's just horrible. It's just horrible. But anyway, when you, um, when you, you know, so you have, Bazillions. I'm just going to use the term bazillion because it's, it's, it's uncountable. It simply is on. You cannot count it. But there's bazillions of people out there, bazillions of news sources out there all over the world that are saying the pandemic is over. Uh, you know that that uh, we have every reason to expect some return to normalcy in the next couple of months. Uh, you believe it or not, you even have that coming out of the mouth of the entity that refers to itself as the CEO of Pfizer. I don't know what these beings are. Uh, maybe he's a human. Maybe he isn't. I don't really. You know, I've, I've got plenty of people to pray for 
for, and I'm not, you know, vengeance is God, say it, the Lord, hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, and I'm not going to, there, there's a limit to what I'm, gonna, I'm willing to put on my prayer list, thank you, Jesus. I got plenty of believers and plenty of listeners of this program and plenty of people that lift me up in prayer that I'm going to be spending time praying for you, and certainly not for, I don't even know what these things are, uh, and I'm not going to try to guess. Uh, I don't really care to know, I don't want to know, does anybody really want to be able to see what's human and what isn't out there nowadays? I mean, really, do you want to? I don't. I don't want to know. Now, when I do know and I have video evidence of it, I'll put it up on tribulation-now.org or tribulation-now.com or tribulationnow.com or whatever the one you want to go to, .net. Uh, but, um, uh, you know, I'll put it up there. I'll actually download the physical YouTube video as an MP4 and I'll upload it to the website for posterity because I know that the uh, Google goblins are yanking everything down in their censorship and their, you know, all that creepy weirdness. So I grab them. I grab them. I know they're going to take it down immediately. So then I grab but I've, I've even jumped out of bed in the middle of the night, sometimes one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. I'd get an email from somebody that would have a link to it, and I'd, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, by the time I wake up tomorrow, they're going to have this one censored and take it down. So I'll, I'll literally jump out of bed at like one one thirty a.m., 2 o'clock a.m. in the morning, and I'll run in my office, and I'll do an immediate download to an MP4 so I can save it for later, uh, and then I can upload it to the website, you know, if, it, if it's, uh, you know, just that uh, revealing. All right, praise God. So, um, yeah, you know, there's so many pockets of information. What do you believe? Is there going to be some kind of a skirmish over, you know, the Ukraine? I don't know. I mean, I tend if I if I had I I know that if you are a World War II buff and you understand Stalin and Lenin and you know the history the history behind um, you know the the lie factory that came out of World War II from the but you know during a time of war, particularly when you're threatened by you know and you know. A force as evil as you know Nazi Germany was at that time, uh, you know they're, they're, they they all lied. They all signed agreements and, and and you know some of them may have gone into signing some of the agreements, meaning to adhere to them, but a lot of them went into sign the agreements knowing full well that they were not going to agree. You know, it was a dupe. They duped the people that were signing the agreements uh, so that they could buy themselves time to do more evil and to get a stronger mil- militaristic foothold wherever it was they were. You know, and build up more troops, build up more whatever and uh and and russia was not beyond that okay so um you you have uh a lot of lies that were coming out of all camps uh during world war ii so the the natural inclination would be for anybody who understands history is that we can't trust anything that's coming out of russia but we certainly can't trust anything that's coming out of the united states of babylon the great either as a matter of fact the the from a hegemony hegemony standpoint uh the united states of babylon the great is the greatest most conquering um world taking over world influencing world oh but it's all in the the name of democracy and it's all in the name of doing good and no it's not it has nothing to do with that all right uh we just do it clandestinely and evilly and sneakily all right i'm not going to make up those words because i feel like it and just makes it easier for me to communicate and i know that you know that what sneakily means all right praise god thank you jesus right kids you you like you know when we make up new words you get it don't you all right sneakily yeah, if I sneak it, you know, if it, but anyway, so what's going on? 
what are we what, what are we watching for? What are we waiting for? What is the next big event? What you know is it going to be some kind of an incursion into the Ukraine? You know, uh, you know the end of the, the, the we we've been poking the bear. Babylon the Great has been doing everything that they could possibly do for so long for wow for eight nine ten years straight now. Everything we could possibly do through NATO through the buildup of of anti you know they call them anti air missiles, but in reality they are you know you can they are nukes they are nuclear capable. Uh, I know this is a fact worked on them myself in the military so i i get it <coughs> excuse me and um so no wonder you know that there's anybody anybody that had any common sense whatsoever whatever well in putin's position would absolutely be pushing back against nato and certainly we're trying you know babylon the great is trying as hard as we can through nato to get you know these nuclear capable uh anti-air quote defensive lie quote defensive lie missiles uh through nato uh we would love to have them right there on the uh, border on the uh, uh eastern border of the Ukraine. We would love to have them on the eastern border of Belarus. We would love that jam them right down Moscow's throat if we could. Uh, and, and Putin knows this and he's irritated by it. I mean, you know, we're so far beyond the Cuban Missile Crisis right now with the way that we've been treating Russia for the last, uh, you know, eight, nine, ten years. Uh, it's, it's really kind of unbelievable. Uh, and, um, and, and, you know, I don't know what I would do, but I, I got to say that it, it is astonishing. It is stupefying that Putin has been as patient as he has been over the years with all of the intentional uh, false flag lies, uh, things that have been said on an international level, accusations that have been levied against him that are absolutely beyond any shadow of a doubt false. Uh, you got the whole thing that went on with Trump and all the blame and all the fake news that came out of that nonsense. And I, I don't even like to think about it because it just gets you frustrated. And the last thing we need is more frustration, right, kids? We don't need any more of that. I know, it's hard enough to get up in the morning. Praise Jesus. <laughs> anyway, so what's next? You know, uh, is, hey, there's news running out there about some kind of a new, uh, new, a new uh, COVID variant out there. Neo something, you know, blah, 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 blah. You know, and, and I, I got news of that. And then the first thing I did is I went out and used some of my cyber skills. And I started to uh, do some searching. And it uh, turns out that that's bunch of bunk. Uh, you wouldn't know it, though, because when you, you know, if you search on that information, what you're going to see, and I don't care if you go to DuckDuckGo duck, duck, or you go to whatever you use. It doesn't matter what search engine you use. Now, of course, Google's going to have the most disinformation of all. They're going to have – they are the most filthy, lying – the, the, the depth of the evil cannot be quantified. It is beyond mathematical quantification. That is how sickening, twisted, and evil the big tech control grid actually has become. It is filthy. It is beyond filthy. And and uh, you know, but anyway, no wonder God is going to uh, let the Cascadia subduction zone do whatever it's going to do, and a mega quake and a giant tsunami wipe out all that creepy, weird Silicon Valley filth anyway praise god thank you jesus but you know what what do you believe what is the next thing that's going to happen we don't know what we do have is a portfolio of things that i think are reasonably trustworthy given the um excuse me i'm having one of those polar bubbly things it's a knockoff on the bubbly boy those things are really carbonated you got to watch out when you're doing a radio show but anyway um, you know, we don't know. We don't. We we have a list. Praise Jesus. We have a list of things, events that are highly likely going to come true. Okay, 
Cascadia subduction zone, um, you know, uh, the, the, the mega quake. As a matter of fact, we, we had uh, one precious saint, and she was. She was a saint. She was just an absolutely beautiful lady. She came on the program, and, uh, you know, the Lord had given her one really vivid vision or whatnot. You know, I don't know if it's a vision or dream, and, and quite frankly, you kind of blur the, you know, what is the difference between a vision and a dream? Sometimes they're so similar, it's hard to even, you know, I, I suppose if you're the recipient of such, you probably wouldn't really be able to delineate because you're kind of like there. You're kind of like experiencing it. Uh, but anyway, um, but the list that we have, um, you know, since the seducing spirits have been released, which, I, like I said, I estimate was somewhere around 2016, uh, uh, you know, and things just went south at that point. You know, lots. I mean, just I just saw literally every single one of my A++ list profits that I've been monitoring over the last 11 years started to say things that were not in the scripture. They weren't scriptural. And when I knew that they weren't scriptural, now, now granted, you know, everything that's in the Bible is true, but not everything that's true is in the Bible. I get that. Okay, so sometimes, you know, you can have things that God will reveal to you that, are, that you're not going to find in the Bible, and that's absolutely perfectly fine. But when you're prophesying something and you're getting something, you, you, you know, you're, you're saying, yea, saith the Lord, this, that, and the other thing is going to happen, and it is, it is completely not in alignment with what is in the Bible, it defies it. It, it, it literally is incorrect, okay? You can point to the Scripture and you can say, this is what the Scripture says. Dun, 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 dun. One, two, three, four. These things are going to happen. And then when the prophecy comes out and the prophecy conflicts with that, then you know immediately that you're not, that person is not hearing through, they're not seeing through, the, they're seeing through the mirror dimly. They're prophesying in part. So, but we at least have a, a group of prophecies, but we've been following these prophecies in these events, the sinking of the aircraft carrier in the uh, North Korean Sea, right off the coast of uh, Pyongyang. Okay, that, that you know, and it, we know it's an aircraft carrier because it's, we have so many confirmations of that, it's unbelievable. I mean, literally, I have an entire webpage up with just, you know, I don't even know how many believers over more than 10, 12, 13, maybe 15 years of time that have been shown in visions, you know, and all of them are correlated. They all agree with each other. Okay, and so the confirmation that we, we, we know beyond any shadow of a doubt, I believe with all of my heart, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that eventually, pretty soon, we don't know when, there's going to be an aircraft carrier that is sunk off the coast of North Korea. Okay, and with the hypersonic missiles that they have right now, that is so trivial. I mean, it's literally the push of a button. There's nothing to it anymore. All right, so, um, you know, before maybe, you know, 10 years ago would have been a problem. Today, no problem at all. So what, you know, what's next? I mean, I still hold dearly to my heart uh, the Sarah Manet vision and the things that she was shown in 1979. I have so many confirmations of those events, not every single one of them, not every single one, but a lot of them I have I've got confirmations from other people, uh, you know, for, through their prophecies, dreams, and visions over the last 11 years. That, and when you can cross, you know, when you get confirmations, when you get somebody over in Brussels and somebody over in France and somebody in South Africa and somebody over in Australia, and they're all prophesying and, pro and all their prophecies and their dreams and their visions are basically the same thing. Now, they're not seeing everything from the same vantage point. See, that's the thing that you got to discern. You know, but but one person will see a giant tsunami in a giant in a massive, incredible vision washing up over, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, uh, Virginia Beach, for example. But you gotta know, you gotta have all the different pieces of the puzzle. When you know that there's going to be a meteor, thank you 
you, you know, and there's been so many people that have seen the meteor. It's just unbelievable. I mean, again, once again, dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens and dozens of people that have seen the meteor hit off the coast of Puerto Rico. You got the probably the most well-known person is Ephraim Rodriguez, uh, but there's so many others. And then you put it all together, you know, it's the great earthquake in Revelation 6:12 and Ezekiel th- uh, 38. I think it's oh, I don't know, is it 17 or 41? But it's it's a little deeper. It's several paragraphs into Ezekiel 38. You'll see a great earthquake in that text, which, of course, they're the same great earthquake, which is a global shaking. It is a global earthquake. Uh, and, you know, but you've got to stitch it together a little by little, because if you if you listen to the prophet Ephraim Rodriguez's rendition, you will not necessarily glean or understand that it is global. You will also not necessarily understand that it is the same exact event that Joe Brandt was shown in 1935, I believe it was, in his vision of the of a great earthquake that occurs out in California. Okay, but and and for years I had only read the first I don't know two thirds eighty percent of the Joe Brandt vision. I never read it to the very end. Shame on me. And then when I finally went back and did read it to the very end, I was like, oh my gosh, the Lord took him up really high in in, in into the sky or whatever, and he was able to see that that earthquake that he saw in California was global. And when when Joe Brandt was able to see that it was global, I knew right away that that was the great earthquake in Revelation 6.12. That was the great earthquake in Ezekiel 38. So you can start connecting the dots and all that kind of stuff. So the more dots that you can connect, the more various people from different parts of the world, various believers from different belief systems and all that kind of stuff. When all that comes together and they're all saying the same thing, there's a very, very high level of likelihood that that event is going to come true. What I can, what I can say is that uh, none of the things that we've had teed up now for the last 11 years and have talked about on spe- prophecy specials, I've played the audio bites from Dr. David O'Rourke, from so many others over the years that you know c- confirm one another, Godfeeler 7, the list goes on and on. They haven't happened. So here we are approaching i don't know so 20 2022 so yeah this is the 11th year it'll be officially 11 years somewhere around about july i would estimate that we've been on the air and not a one i mean I, i'm you know i'm i'm straight up man i'm i'm not you know i'm i'm watching for these things i believe with all of my heart that they're going to happen but it is stupefying. It is befuddling. It is ten. It's death by ten thousand cuts. It's death by ten thousand cuts. Maybe it's death by a million cuts. Who knows? But you know, for those of us who've been awake and aware, those of us who know that the movie They Live is not, you know, that that's a prophetic movie that we're literally walking daily amidst entities and beings and creatures that are not human and that they're running these governments this global satanic uh you know crime syndicate and and when you hear you know donald trump and rudy giuliani and these different lawyers coming out saying they were threatening my life they were threatening to kill my kids i had to pull out of the 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 lawsuit and then you see like uh you know the uh, scotus you know the supreme court like you know all of a sudden flip on a decision out of the clear blue and then now they won't hear the arguments and they don't want nothing to do with it you know it's because somebody called them up in the middle of the night and threatened to kill their kids. That's how it works. That's why I think the Global Satanic uh, Crime Syndicate is a very apropos name for these for this this group of entities. And then you heard the woman, I think I played it on one of the shows recently, that was, I don't know who she was, and I don't really care, quite honestly, uh, but she was somebody speaking at the, you know, the Davos uh, thing, you know, that whole creepy World Economic Forum, talking about, you know, well, finally now we elites across the world are finally 
finally starting to get along with one another. But we're, but according to the polls, the people of the world are no longer trusting us. And I'm like, they're, they're literally coming right out now in our face and saying exactly what we've known. It's been in books. I have hundreds of books behind me right now. Don't even, I, I'm not even counting the hundreds that I, I don't even know how many I have in Kindle. I have so many books queued up right now. I will need at least one eternity to probably read half of them. All right. Praise Jesus. But um, they do make good reference materials if I ever got to do a quick search. Praise Jesus. Thank you, Father. All right. But anyway, yeah, what's going to what's next? What's queued up? What's going to happen? We don't know what this this lady, Linda, who we had on the show quite a while back. I don't remember all the details and I'd have to really dig to find. But she was shown this is what she got from the Lord. She got from the Lord that the next major event, the next major prophetic judgment that was going to happen was the Cascadia subduction zone event. That is where a, we're talking about a 10.5 or higher earthquake, absolutely horrific. It just rips across the Cascadia subduction zone underwater, sending a mega tsunami uh, toward Seattle, toward Oregon, Portland, all that. And isn't it fascinating of, of all, if you were to look at the, a map of the United States of America and you were to point at, and say, if somebody was to say to you, where is the most evil in the world? Or, where is the e- epicenter of all things evil? if there was a way to do that, uh, in the United States of Babylon and Great. So you're looking at a map of the United States, and, you, and most people would point their fingers to Seattle, Portland. They'd point to that area, and they'd say, this area right here has more evil in it than any other place in the entire country. Not that there isn't evil in every place, because there is. Okay, but that, if, it, if there was going to be a concentration of evil and darkness, it is definitely right there. And I do find that um, immensely interesting from a God's judgment standpoint that this particular lady was shown by the Lord. She believed with all of her heart that she heard clearly. She believed with all of her heart that the the primary message of the message. Okay, there's multiple things that you can derive from any given prophecy, dream, or vision, but she believed that the very next big Mac Daddy, I'm not talking about mediocre or any of that kind of stuff. I'm talking about super duper duper humongous, unbelievable, oh my gosh, kind of a, uh, you know, judgment from God was going to be the Cascadia subduction zone. Now, John Shorey has believed that for quite some time uh, and was very vocal about that, praise God. Um, You know, and uh, we're all watching, you know. Um, Now, we've got, you know, the only thing that indicates, you know, other than some interpretations of the scripture, you know, Jack Van Impey, the coming war with Russia, he's got that album that I bought. I actually bought the 33 and a half LP back in the 70s and listened to it as a kid. Um, Loved Jack Van Impey even back then. And I still got a copy of that album right here in the Golden J.I.B. Studios coming to you live from lovely Tampa, Florida. Come and visit us sometime. Right, kids? Kids, you want them to come and visit, don't you? I knew that you did. I didn't even have to ask. I knew you guys would just say, come on and visit us. Take us all to Cold Stone. How about it, kids? Let's get some ice cream to Cold Stone, huh? Hey, aren't those waffle cones, aren't they awesome? You could just eat those cones all by themselves, couldn't you? I <laughs> know. They are good. Woo! Oh, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. But anyway, what's next? I mean, really, really, I mean, when you think about it, so is there going to be respite? Is, is, you know, and then you look at the word of God. 
You know, one's laying in the bed, the other's taken. You know, one's working in the field, the other one's taken. As in the days of Noah, people give, give, giving and taking in marriage. I know everybody, you know I, know, I know all the Skywatch people and all that kind of stuff and, you know, and uh, whoever. Uh, they're all out there, you know, well, as in the days of Noah, it means the giants are going to break and they're going to be breaking through the tops of the mountains and beating their chest and eating people and running around and giants, giants, everywhere a giant. Here a giant, there a giant, everywhere a giant, giant. Now, if you if you kind of back off on the giant thing for a second, you know, just take the word take the word at, at face value. You know, people are going to be given and taken in marriage. Just keep it simple. Okay, well, if you keep it simple, it's like happening right now, right? I mean, how many people have have indeed woke, woken up to some degree uh, over you know this pandemic bioweapons attack against mankind? A lot of people woke up over that. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. How many? How many do you think? Millions? Was it millions? When you consider that it takes 34 years to count to a billion and there's 8 billion people on the earth, give or take. Millions? Did millions of people? And not all the people that woke up are Christians, which, by the way, makes them prime for us to lead to Jesus, which is awesome. Praise God. But um, how many people were in the church, churchianity, that today, because of the pandemic, they may, they, may, they may not have any idea that this is a bioweapons attack. They may not even have heard the Project Veritas, uh, Freedom of Information Act released, you know, the ivermectin stuff. They might be totally gullible and just swimming in, in ignorance. But at the same time, how many of them are now aware or believe that we are really, really close to Jesus coming? Probably a lot more. How many is it? Millions? Could be. Could be. So does that make them more prime for the picking? Yes, it does. Does that, you know, maybe make them become a little bit more prepared? Maybe seek the Lord a little bit more on their own outside of the church? Maybe, you know, read the Bible a little bit more? Maybe it does. I would submit that it probably does. When people get awakened, they get awakened, and, and, and to different degrees, they do they do more research. They look at the Bible more. Sometimes they get lost in the uh, end of the world stuff that's out there in the internetosphere, and they fall into the rabbit hole of, oh, no, Jesus is going to come tomorrow. Oh, no, I'm going to quit my job. And they become a Thessalonican, and, you know, they want to quit their job, and they don't want to, you know, it's like, you know, World War Three is going to start any second now. And I'm skeptical. I mean, I'll be perfectly, uh, you know, uh, it's not about being perfectly honest because I'm always perfectly honest. But, I mean, I will be full disclosure. I am skeptical. I am skeptical. I don't know what's going to happen. I, I will say this. I tell everybody, don't sell the farm. Okay? I've had too many people over the last 11 years that have destroyed their lives because they followed a prophet or somebody's dream or somebody's vision. They've destroyed their lives. They've sinned against God. They have left their wives or their spouses. And I'm telling you, folks, you know, terrible things. And um, they've uprooted. They've sold their property. They've gone off and bought land in the middle of nowhere that they believe the Lord was leading them to so that they could set up uh, places of refuge. And here we are eight, nine years later, and they're practically – some of them, one one in particular, I can't remember the person's name, but I got wind that they weren't doing real good. In other words, bankruptcy, that kind of thing. So, yeah, it's kind of – very, very hard because we, our tendency is to knee-jerk and go, oh, no, 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 this is it. <clears throat> we are all desperate to know what is the next big thing, what is it that we ought to be looking, for, looking toward, not looking forward to per se, but what is it that we should be 
attentive to that might be indicative of, hey, you know, our Heavenly Father has definitely induced labor. Buckle up. Here it comes. Uh, you know, and, and, you know, we need to be at the ready at all times. No question about that. We need to be constantly repenting, constantly confessing of our sins. It's, it's, it's our walk. It's who we are. It's who we are. Even Daniel in Daniel 9.25, I think it is, he, he says, and, and he was confessing of his sins. Daniel! Okay, you know, I mean, that's part of our walk. It's who we are. Nehemiah, same thing. So again, um, uh, you know, that. so in that sense, it's a good thing that we can draw closer to the Lord. We can spend more time in the Bible and all that kind of stuff. But it also opens up doors for those who don't know any better uh, to fall prey to other Christians who are still in that, oh, my gosh, the world, the sky is falling, chicken little, running around, you know, uh, quitting their jobs, all that kind of stuff. You know, telling everybody everything's the mark of the beast, you know, oh, look, the street lights are turning purple. It's the mark of the beast. No, it's not. We need to learn to read our Bible. We need to learn to take our Bible at face value, explicitly read it, you know, at, at literal. Take it literally. Read it literally. If it says the right hand, that's what it means. And I cannot seem to get rid of this bubbly thing that's going on. So hopefully I can keep talking anyway. Praise God. So anyway, um, what we don't know. I mean, really, at the end of the day, we just simply do not know. And anybody who claims that they do know, I'd run away from them, quite frankly, because one thing I can say that is consistent is inconsistency. One thing beyond any shadow of a doubt that is consistent is that every single person, every single prophet, every single vision, every single believer that has ever set a date or even a season, oh, sometime this fall, the rapture is going to happen. Oh, sometime, you know, next spring, this is going to happen. It goes on and on and on. Every single one that has named a time frame has been wrong. Every one of them. And I'm talking about a boatload. It is amazing. And every one of them was hearing from the Lord. You know, I, I have conversations with my family. I'm like, doesn't, doesn't it bother you that the people that you're following have been wrong, like every single thing that they've said for the last eight years straight? And the answer is no. <laughs> they've always got a reason why it's okay. And I'm like, no, it's not okay. But anyway, whatever. To each his own, praise God. We don't know. We don't know how long this is going to take. All I can say is, please, Jesus, please, let it, let at least 2024 be a major turning point and then you know and and uh you know get us out of here get us off this alien demon infested rock praise god thank you jesus right kids like i said if i see anybody that looks even remotely like billy bob thornton i'm going to be tackling them down in the middle of the street going where's that rocket ship where's the rocket i'll be bringing the kids with me right kids we're getting out of here first if we can get billy bob thornton to fire up that rocket we're getting off planet planet heck <laughs> prison planet that's what this oh man praise god thank you jesus oh anyway so so we don't know we don't know we don't know what's going to happen i i, I if i i'm not even going to use that colloquialism if i had a dime for every time that i because it, it just it's endless it's endless how many people i've had conversations with all over the world oh this is it this is it this is world war three this is it blah, 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 blah. and uh, all i just say is don't sell the farm don't don't sell your house don't move away. Don't freak out. Take a deep breath. Relax. It might not go down like you think. And boy, did they come back to me later and they're like, wow, they're blown away. They're like, wow, you were right. I am 
absolutely astonished. But it's only because those of us who've been doing this for over a decade have been disappointed so many times. And I'm not talking about regular disappointments here, folks. I'm talking about colossal disappointments, phenomenal disappointments, the kind of disappointments that are so disappointing that you will just crumple into a corner and bawl and just heaving tears of sadness. Because you had, you were counting on it so much, it was like you know. Because there's only so much of this ugly, you know. When you when you struggle every single day of your life as best as you can to walk in holiness and righteousness and seeking God and praying for people in tears and watching your loved ones die, and you know what what you know what the evil and to the seething stench of the evil of Satan himself that's involved, and the things that are going around and going around you and happening to you and and in your life and having to your family and all these things that you're saying, when you when you when that becomes a part of your daily life, it's not a good thing. It's not, and you don't want to be here. It's kind of like somebody opening up. You ever you ever see them clean out a cesspool in somebody's backyard? It's it's nasty. Okay, imagine like walking through that cesspool every single day, and that's like that's a reasonable analogy for for those of us who have become awake and aware of all of the of the not just the evil, but how. The magnitude of the evil, the depth of the darkness, how sinister and sickening it is. I mean, I've gone to a place in my walk where somebody will start talking about, oh, did you hear what they're doing at this, that, and the other thing? Or, you know, Bohemian Grove, or did you hear about this? Or, and I'm like, I don't even want to hear it anymore. I, I've, already, I've paid my dues. I've, I've already crumpled to my knees. I don't even know how many untold times. Balling my eyes out, unbelievable. I mean, it was so freaked out that I, couldn't, I would have done anything to leave this earth. Anything. But, you know, you're stuck. You're stuck. We're all stuck. We don't have the community the Bogomils had. All the early churches, the Polissians, the Albigenses, uh, you know, you t- p- take your pick. We don't have that community. You know, once your eyes and ears and once your heart becomes awake and aware to all the things that are happening and the depth, the depth of the evil, I will just leave it at that, the depth of the evil, when you become awake and aware to that, it's tough. That is a double-edged sword that is very difficult to quantify. You can't put it into words. And it it makes your daily walk, it makes getting up, taking a shower, dealing with the daily stuff that you got to keep in your job, dealing with the stress, you know, all the things that we got to do to just keep life going. It makes all that much, much harder. You know, you you can easily slip into that, you know, what's the use? What's the point? Why should I get up? How, you know, and, and then you, you read the scriptures of hope, you know, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you, uh, you know, uh, the desires of your heart. Psalm 37 verse four, right? Well, yeah, but you also got to remember that the scripture is eternal in its nature. So the desires of your heart that God may, may be giving you and promising you in Psalm 37 verse 4 may not happen on this planet. 
right? So that's therein lies one of the problems, you know. And so a lot of people that don't understand the inter- the eternalness. Now again, I'm making up a word. The eternalness of the Bible and the scriptures. When they don't see it from that viewpoint, then they feel jilted. They feel like they got ripped off. You know, they look at the scripture and they say, "Well, I've delighted myself in the Lord. I've thrown myself at His feet. I love the Lord. I I, I pray all the time. I pray for so many people. I, I you know I spend plenty of time in the secret place on the Most High. How come I never get this desire?" of my heart see and th- the problem is we got to remember that those desires of your heart may very well be things that god has stored up for you when you get to glory in the meantime we got to keep our mind stayed on things above but what does that mean if you're not an avid reader of stories of people that have been taken to heaven you probably have no idea what that scripture means keep your mind stayed on things above and not on things of this world colossians 3 2 right well what does it mean i highly recommend people read you know, books about people being taken to heaven. You know, Intramuros is a free book. Uh, just You can just call it, type into Google or, or DuckDuckGo or whatever. Uh, My Dream of Heaven by Rebecca Springer. Highly recommended reading. Um, look for the Odin Hetrick, O-D-E-N-H-E-T-R-I-C-K. Odin Hetrick Heaven Testimony on YouTube. I'm pretty sure it's still out there. See if you can find uh, Dale Black, uh, Captain Black. Uh, see if you can find Dale Black's testimony of Flight to Heaven. Amazing. If you haven't read that book, I highly recommend it. We all need to spend more time. Sister Nancy, if you are listening to the show, please try. I know it's hard. Oh, Sister Nancy, Sister Nancy, do I know it's hard. And God bless you. But if you can find some more people that have been taken to heaven that aren't, you know, that weren't taken to the fake heaven and saying all things, all kinds of things they shouldn't ought to be saying. But if you can do that for our Sister Nancy, God bless you, because we all need as much encouragement as we can possibly get today more than ever before, because we are weary. We are weary. I have tomorrow off. I don't even know why. I took it off because they offered it to, you know, because billable time is low and blah, 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 and all this kind of stuff. And I said, oh, what the heck? I'll just go ahead and take a three-day weekend. And they were, they were offering it, so I was like, oh, why not? But then I realized, you know, tomorrow I'm like, I don't have anything to do. <laughs> What am I going to do? You know, somebody was saying, well, why don't you go down and hang out in your car and just praise God that you have a car? And I said, yeah, I'll just go down there with a big old picnic basket, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and I'll lay on top of my car and I'll say, thank you, Jesus, for my car. And that's what I'll do all day. I don't know what I'm going to do. You know, I can sit and I can do what I did the rest of the time, you know, sit and hunt, hunt through endless, you know, bazillions of TV shows and movies and things, trying to find something decent and clean to watch. Um, uh, you know, there's several uh, binge-worthy uh, shows that are supposedly coming out with new seasons, like Sweet Magnolias and Virgin River, supposedly, sooner or later, like some decade. Who knows? Um, Outer Banks is one that's really good for those of you who are taking notes right now, <laughs> looking for something that you can binge. Okay, don't, and, you know, but anyway, but yeah, I got no idea what I'm going to do. It almost seems silly to take off, but then when I'm working, I, I'm kind of like, you know, man, this is boring. I don't really want to do this. Anyway, so we're all in the same boat. That's my point. And you're like, hey, man, what's your point? Why are you rambling? My point is this. We're all in the same boat. If you are aware of the stuff that I've been talking about, which is like, you know, the tip of the iceberg kind of thing, if you are aware of it, and you are somewhat aware of the list of prophetic events that we have been waiting to start unfolding now for over a decade, then you know the pain 
When you know that there was a bioweapon launched against mankind and then it was followed up by a cure or that's another bioweapon that is killing people by the bazillions. Oh, gosh, I don't even want to think about it. I don't want to think about it. I don't want to think about it because it's too horrific, too horrific. I've lost a lot of people. I know a lot of you have, too. It is hard. It is very hard, and it makes you nauseous. You don't want to be here anymore. And you can't have fellowship. You can't go to your church and talk about these things because people look at you like you are insane. They will they will start to come up. They will follow you. They'll be like, you know, it'll be like the Return of the Archons, the original Return of the Archons movie, uh, our series, I'm sorry, episode in the original Star Trek with the hooded, you know, uh, uh, beings that would walk around with these things that looked like pipes and they would go, you are not of the body. You know, you'll have people like walking at you, walking toward you in your church with their hands held out toward you going, we need to cast out the devils from you. You believe in things like Planet X and Nibiru and 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 bioweapons and you know it's like who needs that noise? <laughs> you know what I mean? So you got so what do you got to do? You got to keep your your trap shut. You got to keep your pie hole closed, right? You can't talk. You can't have fellowship. You can't share notes. Iron can't sharpen iron. When, you know, when, you, when you're hanging out with cotton balls, iron doesn't sharpen iron. Iron doesn't sharpen diddly when you're hanging out with cotton balls. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, on that note, praise Jesus that we have um, from uh, 8 p.m. Eastern time uh, all the way till 8.30, wait a minute, 9.30 p.m. So for Sister Beth, who may be holding on the line, hang in there for me, Sister Beth. God bless you. Uh, it, we, we are uh, going to run a little bit past the top of the hour to get this news out, uh, and then we'll bring you on promptly. Uh, thank you so much for your kindness and uh, incredible uh, Uh, long-suffering and patience for us. Uh, Praise God. But anyway, folks, just hang in there. We don't know if there's going to be a Black Swan event, something that happens that is mega, a mega, mega false flag event. We don't know. We're at DEFCON, I don't know, take your pick, DEFCON 5000. Okay, how's that? Hey, kids, is DEFCON 5000 a bad thing? Oh, okay. It's not because you guys are Jesus kids, and DEFCON 5000 means that Jesus is coming even sooner, right? <laughs> All right. Hallelujah. On that note, let's go into the news. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? It's not normal. It's just wrong. Uh, it's not normal. This is disturbing. <laughs> Game over. All right, praise God. Uh, okay, so uh, Brother Jimmy Buchanan has been handling the YouTube channel for Tribulation Now forever, uh, and uh, praise God for his hard work on dealing with all of that noise, because that's a major problem. But anyway, they, they, they're red flagging us like crazy, and they're getting ready to dump the whole thing. So Jimmy made a very incredibly wise decision, and he has moved it over to Rumble. So he's going to avoid posting any more shows on the YouTube, Tribulation Now YouTube channel. Uh, Because what they're doing is they're using um, artificial intelligence and pattern recognition systems, and they're scanning the audio. I don't know if you guys have seen, but they're also scanning pictures. Okay, so they've you know so when you c- 
copy and paste a picture or a photograph into a Google-sponsored or Facebook-sponsored uh, messenger engine. They're now scanning it, uh, the, the actual pixels and bits and whatever, uh, to detect things that they don't want. Okay, well, they're detecting. So what they're doing is they're they, they're launching these mega computers against the audio stream. They're running the audio stream through these mega computer sensors, and then they're looking for keywords like the word vaccine. And if they hear that word, then they red flag it. Red flag. Boink. Doesn't matter what you're saying about it. You could be saying all the evil satanic things that they want you to say. But they don't care. They're just looking for keywords. But anyway, um, now Jimmy said, yep, and I totally agreed with him. So right now, www.rumble.com forward slash user forward slash tribulation now radio one word. Praise God. Again, that's www.rumble.com forward slash user forward slash tribulation now radio all one word. Uh, at not, not, not dot com. I goofed up. Just Tribulation Now Radio. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So I just wanted to get that out. Jimmy did ask me to pass that along to you. All right. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Next one up. <clears throat> this is all over the Internet now, folks. I'm just letting you know. Neocov, N-E-O-C-O-V, coronavirus strain can kill one in three people, according to reports. This is out of New New Delhi. Scientists in China, where the coronavirus was first detected, have warned of a finding of a new strain in Africa called Neocov. Okay, they have claimed that the death uh, rate in Neocov is very high, according to the report of the Russian news agency Sputnik. Yada, yada, blah, blah, yada, yada, blah, blah. So I went out and I said, I wonder, because there's so much lying and fake news and everything else. And I will say, the more... Scary it is. The quicker it'll roll. It rolls like a virus. Oh, no. Uh, But you know what I mean? Just it shoots across the Internet so fast. You'll have if it's scary and it's like, oh, my gosh, it's the end of the world. It's terrible. One out of three people are going to die. Guess what? You'll see like a hundred websites pop up with the same article in like an hour. It's amazing how fast bad news travels. Well, I went out and I took another look at some other headline or other uh, news sources around around and about, and I found another one. It says, no, we are not faced with a killer neocov virus. Here's why. News of the emergence of a new type of coronavirus that can, has the potential to kill one out of every three infected people uh, has been circulating on the Internet for the last couple of days. What do we know about this? And it goes on to explain. It says, well, basically it just says it's bunk. It, you know, so again, um, I, I don't see any reason to believe or buy any of that. And one thing that I do strive to do on this program, that a lot of programs, a lot of programs, a lot of podcasts, a lot of radio shows, not going to mention any names, but boy, do I have a lot. They are sensationalistic. They love the dark, evil news. You know why? I will tell you, because if you want to get your numbers up and you want to get your Look, if if you are if you want to make money, you want to pay your bills, you want to pay your house payment, you want to pay your car payment, blah 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 blah. With your PayPal button, then you better put some hairy, scary bad news up there, because if you don't, guess what? You're not going to be able to pay your bills. That's why I praise Jesus. I have never taken a red cent from a single person. The one time somebody slipped me a Mickey and gave me a $500 check, the Lord told me to take it down to a preacher's house down the road from my house and tell him to preach the wise and foolish virgins, and I did. Handed it to his wife. Signed it over to him. And I praise God for that. Thank you, Jesus. Um, and I will continue as long as the Lord keeps me employed. Uh, I will continue to do this program. Thank you, Father. But anyway, I don't want any of that stuff. I don't want 
your money. All right. Praise God. Um, and, uh, you know, but anyway, I just wanted to let you know about this because, you, you know, if you want bad news, you can find bad news. What I am trying to do is to set as best as I know how. And I am, boy, if anybody's flawed, it's me. Okay, I'm the poster child for flawed. You could literally drive down like I-95 or across to I-10, uh, you know, and, and look for a gigantic billboard with the word flawed in like, you know, huge white letters and you will see my face smiling. Hi, I'm flawed. <laughs> okay, right, kids? Are you guys flawed too? I know, we're all flawed. All right, listen to this. I hope this isn't a really long thing, but it was it was deeply troubling. This was aired live on the news, on Tucker Carlson, on Fox News. I want you to hear this. I hope it's not too many minutes. Hang in there for me, Sister Beth. Hang in there for me. All right, let me see if I can get this come up. Here we go. Let me hit the button. Alex Berenson has been covering this almost alone on Substack. He joins us now for his reporting. Alex Berenson, what is this? Uh, it's, we're at a very dangerous moment, Tucker. And, you know, I, I, am not exaggerating. I think this is probably the most important appearance I've had with you in the last two years. Um, it is, it is completely clear now that, uh, the vaccines don't really work at all against Omicron, um, in these highly vaccinated and highly boosted countries, uh, rates of infection are incredibly high and rates of serious disease and death are also rising. The Israelis are predicting that they're going to have more serious cases than they ever had at the peak last year. Um, and the idea that we would solve this with another booster is, is just off the charts insane. I have not said this to you before because I'm pretty careful and I'm pretty careful with the data. But these vaccines, these mRNA vaccines, the mRNA COVID vaccines need to be withdrawn from the market now. No one should get them. No one should get boosted. No one should get double boosted. They are a dangerous and ineffective product at this point against Omicron. The spike that they make your body make that you then produce antibodies to is not the Omicron spike. And earlier today, Tony Fauci said, we're not going to give people monoclonal antibody products because the first generation products, because they don't work against the Omicron spike. The same logic applies to these mRNA vaccines and giving people boosters, even if in the very short term it knocks down infection rates, there's a boomerang effect. And that's what they're seeing in all these countries. We are at a dangerous moment, and these products need to be withdrawn. When you say, so you say they're ineffective, and that's demonstrable to anybody who lives in this country. Everyone you know who's had it you know, has had COVID. Most of them are fine. But when you say they're dangerous, what do you mean by that? Well, there was a JAMA paper today, actually, that showed that rates of myocarditis, uh, you know, which is, again, a heart inflammation that can be very dangerous and, and uh, you know, can affect people of any age. But myocarditis in young men, actually, in, in college-age uh, people, uh, you know, especially men, um, it is 50 to 100 times as high as the, pro- as the background rate after the second shot. There's another issue here, which is that these, when I say that there, there's danger, there's danger, and the danger is dose-related, okay? That's a general rule in medicine. The dose makes the poison. And giving people more mRNA that's going to make them produce spike uh, protein that doesn't, you know, match the current spike protein of SARS-CoV-2 is useless and is likely to wrong-foot their immune systems, okay? So there's a, there, there's a problem with the efficacy and the immune response, and there's also just a problem with the dangers of the vaccines themselves. And if these, if these products were being uh, brought to market now against Omicron, they would not be approvable, okay? So Pfizer is trying to, by saying, we're going to have a, uh, an Omicron variant uh, mRNA product in the next couple of months, 
guess what? It's very likely there'll be a new variant by then. Okay, so they're going to be chasing this and they're going to be injecting people with something that doesn't match the current variant forever. And the results are likely to get worse and worse and worse. Go to the Substack. Look at just look at the charts. Just look at the chart yeah. of what's happened in Israel in the last couple of weeks. This is a country that's 90 percent plus adult vaccinated, more than half adult boosted. These are the levels that the Democrats would love to achieve in the United States. It's not it's not just that it doesn't make any difference. It seems to be making the situation worse. And it is impossible for me to imagine that a fourth shot, that a second booster is going to do anything but in a couple of months lead to another boomerang, another synchronized wave that overwhelms hospitals. Because they're reporting, that again, in Israel, that their ICUs are under immense pressure. So I don't know what the logic is right now, but I know that in any rational world, every public health authority would be calling for an immediate halt to vaccinations, mRNA vaccinations for COVID until we know what's going on. It's just a completely scary thing to hear. And again, you can look up the data it's on Berenson's Substack. It's also publicly available. And let, me, let me just say one last thing. We're lucky yeah. right now because Omicron is not as dangerous as Delta, it appears right, overall. Okay. It's not as dangerous. If another variant comes and yep. we are wrong footed like this and it is more virulent, I don't know what's going to happen, but we should be trying to avoid that, not trying to buy a couple of months course, so Tony Fauci course. can feel better, and then this happens again. All right, praise God. So you heard it. Uh, when I heard it, I was like, no, no, listen, I know there's much more, much worse news out there. I know there are much worse uh, testimonies coming from highly credentialed individuals, immunologists, et cetera. I get it. I understand that. But I just what I find uh, most noteworthy is the fact that this was broadcast live on Fox News and um, and they didn't, you know, they didn't screen it. They didn't pull it. They didn't center it. And, 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 I, and I praise God for that. All right. But it, the situation is far worse than that. As a matter of fact, uh, out on Rumble, there is a video right now. And um, essentially, there, there's a testimony of an, a particular doctor. His name is Richard Hirschman, and he is a um, an embalmer. So he, you know, embalms people to prepare them for their burial. Okay. Well, anyway, so in the process of his, you know, embalming activities, uh, he started to realize that the blood that he was running across inside of people that had died uh, and they had been vaccinated by the mRNA version was clotted with these fibers. He was literally pulling these long, stringy, creepy blood clots, fibrous blood clots out of the veins of these people that had died. Now, you talk about myocarditis, basically what you're talking about is a walking heart attack. So you got these soccer players that are in incredible uh, physical condition, you know, uh, that are just like dropping over dead right in the middle of a soccer game in the field. Boom, dead. Okay, and, and these numbers are up 40 to 60 percent in the age group of 18 to 20, no, 18 to 34, I think they said. Uh, Right now, the life insurance companies are going crazy because they have never seen such an enormous spike of people dropping dead between the age group of, you know, between roughly 18 to 34. It's up 40 to 60 percent. Now, I've, I've talked to some super hyper intelligent people about this and understand statistics, and they're like, well, you know, causation is a very difficult thing to quantify. And I'm like, baloney! Okay? That's when you just want to get out, you know, your frying pan and just, you know, say to them, 
dude, wake up. You know, <laughs> stop that. We don't need another debunker. We got uh, big tech. We got uh, just like, oh, well, what are you going to do? I need to bring this guy along with me. I wish I had like one of those, you know, those, those horns, that those air horns that you have at the football games that go, Wonk! I need like an air horn that goes like this. Hey, wake up! Oh, that kind of hurt my ear. That is loud. Anyway, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Uh, here's another headline. All right. Uh, this is from uh, the expose. COVID-19, COVID-19 vaccines are projected to cause 62.3 million cardiovascular deaths. In 2022, worldwide. So, again, is it going to happen? Don't know. All right, now I'm getting a report here. She's having problems getting through. Okay, well, that's weird. Uh, Says, Beth asked if you could call her. Okay, um, so, uh, Sister Nancy, I can only pray that you're listening to the radio show, but I do not know if you are. Um, So I will text you and say, please ask her to hang in there for about eight more minutes for me, and I will call her number. All right, praise God. Uh, You know, I I, I don't – I'm just sitting in a room talking into a microphone, and I got all these people texting me and telling me this and telling me that, and I'm like, I I don't even know if they're even actively listening to the program. I praise God. Thank you, Jesus. So, again, 62.3 million cardiovascular deaths are predicted. Now, where did they get these numbers? I don't know. You know, and I, I'm not a statistician. I'm not ripping apart the VAERS database. You know, I, it's not my specialty. 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 But, it, it, but even hearing a headline like this is very, very troubling. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. All right. Uh, from Russia Today, cell carrier to drop unvaxxed staff. Leaked email suggests, okay, employees have only weeks to comply with the mandate according to the email obtained by the media. Even my company is starting to get to the point where they're probing and they're asking us to upload our little vaccine things and all this kind of stuff. They're not doing you have to yet, but they're getting there. All right, praise God. So, again, uh, T-Mobile evidently is one of them. Uh, there's probably some other ones, you know, but there's a battle going on. There are wars in the courts that are taking place. Oh, that's not, you know, that's not constitutional, but that is, and that isn't, and that is, and that isn't. And I don't even understand their rationale. How can they tell medical workers that they have to go do it? And how can they tell emergency responders that they have to go do it? But then they, you know, but then they're going to say, oh, well, you don't got to go do it, and you don't got to go do it, and you, but you do, and you do, and you do, and you don't, and you do, and you don't. I don't like, what is the rationale? If the rationale is that anybody doesn't have to do it, then that should apply to everybody. I don't get it. See, the global satanic uh, crime syndicate is just absolutely out of control. But anyway, welcome to planet Earth. Next one up. AccuWeather reports a blizzard could be the biggest snowstorm ever to hit Boston. Now, again, this is all in progress. They say another storm is coming up from the west right now. We're going to have to see. Is it a snow apocalypse? Don't know. Uh, but depending on where you live, and you know, if you're anywhere from Boston or north, you probably think by now with 26 inches in some places, plus drifting, <laughs> that it is a snowpocalypse. Next headline. Protest against mandatory COVID vaccine, vaccination hits Vienna. Okay, this is Austria. This is where they're levying fines of uh, 600 to 3,600 euros on people who are not getting the jab. Wow, what if they start doing that kind of creepy wordness here in the United States of Babylon and Great? All those people that are out there going like, oh, wow, I'm so glad that I'm retired. They can't come and get me. They can't come and get me. Believe me, folks. <laughs> Pray. 
Next up, the IRS plan to scan your face prompts anger from Congress, confusion amongst taxpayers. Now, evidently, I was looking into this, uh, the facial scan. This is only under certain circumstances, not that it's good under any circumstance. Um, I I don't know if you remember, I told you the story about me going over to like, um, oh, goodness gracious, what was it? Oh, it was one of those Tex-Mex restaurants, and, and uh, they had the little kiosk sitting on the table. And I was sitting there trying to pay for my my dinner. You know, you stick your card in there and stuff, and you try to pay for your dinner. And the dang on thing starts facial scanning me. And I'm like going, I didn't give you permission to facial scan me. I got mad. I called the uh, the, the general manager of the store over. It was uh, not a Ruby Tuesdays. Uh, anyway, uh, but anyway, I called him over there. I was like, man, I was I was pretty not happy. <laughs> Sister Mary Lee was with me, man. Her eyes were bugging out. I was telling him a thing or two. Now, I didn't like drop F-bombs on her or nothing, but I was not happy. I was like, you get this New World Order facial scanning creepy weirdness out of my face. <laughs> I kind of flipped out a little bit. It wasn't very Jesus-like. All right, next one up. Russia Today reports Russian paratroopers should round up gays for public beatings, according to lawmakers. I will make no comment on that. Next one up. Russia Today. Why are armed Americans operating in the trenches of eastern Ukraine? That's very interesting. It says war-hungry armed foreigners in combat clothing are glamorizing the conflict in Donbass. So it looks like there is already, no surprise here, a false flag event. In progress. Let's see if somebody rolls a Kent State grenade across the line. Next one up. Soldiers open fire, kills five guards at the Ukraine military plant. (laughs) Again, folks, I mean, look. uh, The Epic Times reports, free from mask mandate and vaccine passport, England begins living with COVID-19. So a lot of countries out there are starting to say, you know what? We're going to cancel all the mask mandates. We're going to cancel all of this. We're going to cancel all this. We're going to have a cancel culture, and our cancel culture is going to be to cancel the mask. We're going to cancel COVID-19. We're going to do what the Swedes Swedes have been doing for like ever, uh, you know, and uh, we're just going to go with natural, you know, herd immunity and all that kind of thing, which, of course, is where they're going to have to go with it eventually. But again, we don't know. Excuse me. We don't know how long oh, that bubbly just got to me or whatever it was, polar thing, a bubbly imitation thing. But anyway, um, so excuse me. But, um, yeah, we don't we just don't know. We really don't know. All right. Um, so we're just going to have to hang on there and, you know, keep keep watching. Praise Jesus. I personally hope that we can get out of here as soon as possible. All right. Next one up. Germany SPD says Europe cannot remain peaceful for long without Russia. So, again, it's, it, uh, you know, there's a lot of political interplay and uh you know, back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth and back and forth, uh, you know, because people are starting to take sides. This is very World War II-esque, by the way. These kinds of things were taking place in a big, 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 big way, uh, you know, during, you know, even prior to when uh, Hitler was planning on running his, uh, you know, Blitzkrieg up into Poland. Okay, there was, uh, you know, the Czech Republic and all that. They they were, people were flipping out. What should we do? I don't know. What do know. Can we trust them? I don't know. Maybe we should sign another peace treaty and blah, 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 blah. And all that kind of stuff is kind of happening right now with Russia. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We'll see. All right. Next one up. The Epic Times reports video shows federal contractors flying illegal immigrants into New York at night so that it won't attract attention. So if you don't know by now, the Global Satanic Crime Syndicate is bringing tens of thousands upon tens of thousands upon tens of thousands of legal immigrants into the country. Look, I'm not pro. I'm not. I'm a citizen of heaven. That's what it says in my Bible. 
says you are you know our citizenship is in heaven Philippians three twenty praise God, and and so but I I got to tell you folks there if if what the pundits say is true, then and they're bringing tens of thousands of these folks in for the purpose of turning the next. Um, voting session, you know, the midterm elections, and then ultimately the 2024 Donald Trump election, you know, flipping it on its ears, then, well, boy, are they going to town. Uh, uh, again, another headline here out of SOTT, sign of the Times News, warns that Quebec Walmart's installed vaccine passport canners, scanners and boosts to screen customers so that when people come in, they can be scanned before they can even walk into the store. So that's how deep and dark and creepy it is becoming. Another headline from SOTT, it's so cold in eastern Mediterranean to eat the Aegean Sea in Greece is freezing over, which, by the way, I'm not at all surprised. We have been watching the the cold get colder, the uh, the snow apocalypses get more snow apocalyptic, uh, the fires continuing, the horrible brush fires and stuff in California are going on way into the winter now, uh, which was not happening a couple of years ago. So things are getting worse. We've known that. We've expected it. We've been watching it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I just wish that we could get it over. Hallelujah. All right, next one up. Praise God. Here we go. Government overreach is coming to an end. A massive truck convoy heading to Washington after Ottawa. So the folks that are uh, in the truck convoys that are, you know, protesting. And then, of course, you got Trudeau, supposedly. He's like, oh, no, I feel like I have Omicron 7027. I got to take my family and go run and hide in the secret place. So he's in some kind of an underground bunker, probably, you know, eating a Beanie Weenies or whatever, hiding from the truckers. All right, next one up. Hallelujah. Here we go. Trudeau moved to secret location as vax protest grows. And this is from the Daily Beast and and, and it's a big boy. And you should see how many, you know, you know that thing about, um, uh, you know, let's go, Brandon, let's go. They got those signs up all over, but it's got Trudeau uh, flying on the sign. So these people are, you know, they're not happy. All right, next one up. Futurism reports. Indonesia is switching capital cities because the old one is sinking into the ocean. So Jakarta, is it Jakarta? I think it's Jakarta. Yeah, Jakarta is it's sinking. It's like Atlantis. It's going underwater. So they're getting ready to move the capital city of Indonesia over to somewhere else. I don't know if they picked the site yet or not. Next one up. Israel tormented by lack of medical staff and equipment as Omicron variant hits record numbers in the most vaccinated country in the entire world, many of which have already taken their fourth booster. All I can say is... Next one up, New York judge strikes down mask mandate. See, it's all over the place. Do you wear one? Do you not? <coughs> Excuse me. Do you or not? And it just depends. I think it's going to, you know, if it keeps on going as crazy as it is right now, it'll go down to the town. Russia deploys 12 Panzer S missile systems to Belarus Defense Ministry. Hmm. Now that is something to raise a yellow flag over because that's some serious armament there. So we'll have to keep watching. Again, all it takes is one grenade over the line and Kent State all over again. Next one up. Poland ready to make a deal with Russia, according to the media. Poland, like, I think, I'm pretty sure Poland's stance is like, okay, you know, if this is all about NATO and we're part of NATO and Russia might be coming into, Bel- you know, through Belarus and Ukraine and all that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah, no, NATO ain't worth it. We quit. <laughs> okay. 
Uh, anyway, I was like, anyway. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Next one up. United States officials make Russian blood, uh, blood claim, according to Reuters. And again, they're claiming that Russia is stocking up on, um, you know, blood, you know, uh, because of the war buildup. So that would be a bad sign if that be true. All right. Next headline up. Fauci is also involved in ghoulish baby body parts research. And um, you know what? I don't think there's any surprises there. I'm not going to even bother to read this because I don't like to read about such things. Quite frankly, I don't even like to read the headlines of such things. Next one up. Portland's quest is to rehire police. Fall through. So riot-stricken, BLM-stricken Portland basically defunds the police. Now people are getting murdered in the streets, and the crime wave is beyond their control, and they're flipping out, and they're going, okay, we were only kidding, please. All you police officers, come back. And the policemen are going like, yeah, right. They really are. They're totally like, forget it. Not on your life. All right, next one up. World Net Daily reports state court rules 2020 mail ballot law unconstitutional. We're going to see a lot of wars going on, a lot of battles, a lot of constitutional fights, a lot of lawyers, this, that, and the other thing over over the midterms even. Where where it stops, nobody knows. I mean, it is totally – listen to this headline. Washington Free Beacon reports, Marines reject COVID vaccine exemption, potentially forcing thousands of people out of the service, which, you know, they don't care. Listen to this. Major U.S. port hitch container record as supply chain disruptions continue. I, I mentioned on the pr- uh, prior show that the, 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 uh, the ships, the container ships are strong. It used to be they just went out for miles and miles and miles, like, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, or whatever, you know, mile, from L.A., out into the Pacific. Now they're going all the way down the coast, all the way down Mexico. That's how far the bad this is. It isn't getting any better. All right, so who knows? All right, listen to this. Charisma News reports Biden COVID vaccine mandates continue to deteriorate in the courts. So on one side, you have them knocking them all down, and then on the other side, you have it's just absolute insanity. It's total anarchy. Listen to this headline. World Net Daily reports new Harvard, Yale, Stanford data shows 80% of Americans have COVID natural immunity. Not that anybody cares. Another headline new law would make it illegal to demand a person's vaccine status. Will that pass? You know, again, folks, you can you, they can put as many HB, you know, uh, you know, uh, House uh, bills and queue them up. Do you, you know sometimes House bills will sit in the queue for years? Some of them are in there for like over ten years. They're just sitting there. This one's called House Bill forty-eight forty-eight. Some guy named William Chumley. Sounds like a cartoon I used to watch. Chumley. Um, also, if you want to be blown away, I'm, I'm not going to. Yeah, because of the time. I'm going to keep this for the next show. But go to Klaus Schwab on the Internet to Wikipedia. K-L-A-U-S. K-L-A-U-S. S-C-H-W-A-B. Klaus Schwab. This guy's like the head dude of the World Economic Forum or all these, you know, Bohemian Grove, Bilderberg, creepy elite entities are going to Soros and all that weirdness. You know, all the people that run the global satanic crime syndicate. All right. Read underneath the section called criticism. Read underneath the section called criticism. When you read that, if it doesn't blow your mind then you're not paying attention. 
<laughs> okay. And of course, North Korea is testing more missiles. All the other stuff's continuing on and on and on. It goes where it stops. Nobody knows. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. And on that note, let's go ahead and dial up uh, Sister uh, Beth. All right. Praise God. Here we go. my eyes because I'm getting old now. I'm getting like really old. Pretty soon I'll be talking like this. Going, praise Jesus. It's 2043 and we're still here. (laughs) Okay, hold on. I'm squinting my eyes with my blue blocker glasses, my readers. Hold on a second. I got to get this number right or else I'll end up with some guy going, why are you waking me up out of bed? Don't you know I got to be up at three o'clock? I drive bus for a living. All right, hold on a second. Blink, blink, blink. All right. Hyphen, one, bing, bing. Okay, I think I got it right. All right, praise God. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to try to dial her up right now. All right, one ringy-dingy, two ringy three ringy-dingy, four ringy-dingy. Okay, it's not five, but still. It's ringy-dingy. Lots of ringy dingies. Well, that's about weird. You have reached the Wing Center at Eagle Ranch. We are unable to answer your call. Please leave a The Wing Sink? What the? Okay, that's kind of weird. Um, and I got to talk to Nancy now. She wants me to chat with her over a uh, messenger. No, she is not. There is no blank, blank, blank area code. All right. So I tried to call um, and uh, nothing going. Um, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I see another one here. That is none of the numbers. Wait a minute. I can try. Hold on a second. Let me see if this is her. Sister Beth, are you there? I am. Boy, that was hard. Can you talk about spiritual warfare? We found you. Yay. So anyway, I'm going to stop babbling, grab my fo- my virtual folding chair, and turn the microphone over to you. We understand that you have put together a recent compilation of uh, prophecy, dreams, and visions, and such like that that the Lord has given you. And don't forget, please, uh, if you are making it available publicly for, any, or for the believers out there, uh, please don't forget to let them know where they can go to get more information, okay? But on that note, I'm going to disappear into the background and hand the mic to you. Thank you for joining us tonight. God bless you. Oh, thank you. Thank you for having me. Um, First of all, I wanted to give a little background as to my life and how I was um, brought into um, being a dreamer, actually. It started when I was 12 years old. Um, Do you remember HBO? Well, I was watching an HBO show about Nostradamus, and he talked, um, they were talking about at the end of the show, that and don't worry, I'm not like a follower of Nostradamus. Um, but the Lord used this show to have me have a conversation with my dad. And I went into the kitchen at age 12 and, and told my dad what Nostradamus had said about the year of the comet. There would be, uh, you know, kind of the end of the world during the year of the comet. And we all thought it was Haley's comet back then. But um, it started this conversation with my dad. And he sat down and he shared with me 
about um, what the Bible said about the end times. And when when my dad and I had that conversation at the tender age of 12, something inside of me jolted awake and I said, I'm going to see the return of Christ. Um, that is, is just something that happened within me. It makes me think a little bit of maybe how Simeon felt when he knew he was going to see the Messiah before he passed away. So that's how I felt at age 12. And from then on, I was very fascinated. Skip up a little, a few more years. I'm 20 years old. I'm a freshman. Um, and no, I'm, I guess I was 19. 19 years old, freshman in college. And a dear friend gave me a one-year Bible. And he said, Beth, you must read this this year. He gave it to me on my birthday, which is the end of the year. And the one-year Bible is a wonderful way to get through the entire Bible in one year um, because it tells you what to read every day. So instead of looking around for the verses, you just turn to January 1st. You read what's on January 1st, um, and it gives you Old Testament, New Testament, a psalm, and a proverb every day. So he just said, Beth, you must do this. You must do this. So I said, okay, okay, I I promise I will. So I started to read the one-year Bible at age 19. Um, Halfway through the year and halfway through the Bible, I had an experience with the Lord that was very personal, where he revealed himself to me in such a magnificent way that my faith exploded. Um, What happened was... I had been praying for rain. We had a very dry summer, and I prayed for rain, and then I got ready to go to work, and I only had to go one mile to work, but I'm in my car, and I see the sky, and it's, the clouds are building, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that, look, look at the sky. That's so weird. So I get to the uh, parking lot of the church where I was the secretary, and the sky was really building clouds and the clouds were building before my eyes. I, um, 30 minutes later, there was a loud thunder, thunder clap. And one of the ministers came in and he had wet, a wet bald head. And he goes, have you seen outside? And I said, is it raining? And he said, it's the weirdest thing. It's sun shining across the street. So I ran out into the parking lot, and here is this massive cloud, massive dark cloud that is just engulfing my neighborhood, giving my neighborhood rain. And at the city line across the street, it was sun shining. And then I heard this rumbling, multiple thundering rumbling, multiple waters, rumbling waters. It was very interesting. And um, through that rumbling, I heard a message. I ran inside, grabbed a pencil and a piece of paper, and I started to write. And this beautiful message came to me from the Lord. So this was like my first interaction with the Lord in a way of uh, hearing him, seeing him hidden behind the clouds. And really having a connection with him that was real. I, I attribute it to reading the Bible. When I was reading the Bible, I was applying my faith. I was being diligent to seek him. And so I believe him seeing me day by day by day by day, reading the Bible and seeking him, 
he answered me. Now, John, can you hear me well? Because I um, am concerned about my voice quality. You, you sound absolutely wonderful. Okay. And I'm in the middle of changing okay. out my so, mic mute. My mic mute gizmo here, so I'm, I'm like going, oh no, don't ask me. <laughs> I figured, right yeah, I know you got to go no, get you, yourself a glass you of water great. too. I understand. You okay. sound wonderful. Um, okay. Okay. So, so uh, God is real. God is real, and not only is He real, but He's interested in watering my flowers that day because that's why I prayed for rain because my flowers were dying, and and He became. I just fell in love with Him. And, and uh, after that season of my life, I started to have dreams. And the dreams aren't all the time. But when I have a godly dream, it is something I never forget. And it's something that's not just for me. It's for the body of Christ. So I had this dream not long after that experience with the Lord where I had two dreams the same night. And they were animals. The animals symbolized something, and both dreams represented the same thing. So it kind of makes me think of Pharaoh's dream, where he had two dreams the same night, and it had representation. His, his was animals and plants, but they all represented the same message. This is the dream I had, or the two dreams I had, that just totally rocked my world for many years. I'm in my 20s. And on this night, I see a white bird, and it's a big, beautiful, graceful white bird over the ocean and the beach, and it's doing this beautiful flight pattern. And right behind it are a lot of other white birds, and the white birds would follow this bird wherever it went. If he turned left, they would turn left. If he went up, they would go up. If he soared down, they would soar down. They followed him faithfully. And this white bird transformed into a metal airplane and started shooting bullets out the back and hitting the white bird. And all the white birds started falling one at a time down to the beach, and they were bloodied and dead. And I'm horrified, and I'm standing on the beach, and I start screaming, Stop following the bird! Then my dream changes, and I see a ramp. And I see a goat walking up the ramp, and behind the goat are all these little white sheep. And the little white sheep have blue ribbons around their neck. Instinctively, I knew that these little white sheep represented Christians. I don't know, you know, I just knew. I knew the blue ribbons represented something, and I knew that these little white sheep were Christians. And they were following the goat up the ramp. When the goat got to the top of the ramp, he stood over to the side. And the little white sheep fell into a slaughterhouse. And I don't know how I knew it was a slaughterhouse, but I instinctively knew what it was. And I started to yell, stop following the goat. And I just yelled and yelled. I woke up and pondered that dream. And I thought to myself, why in the world would Christians follow the Antichrist? That's what I thought the dream represented with the Antichrist. The goat was the Antichrist, and the white bird that turned into an airplane was the Antichrist. And that's what I thought in my 20s. That's what I thought. And I had pondered and pondered and pondered this dream. I am now in my 50s. 
30 years I have pondered this dream. Well, I was doing a Bible study, and I realized from the Bible, I came across in Second Thessalonians the name of the, the lawless one, the son of perdition. This is what Second Thessalonians says about the son of perdition. Um, for that day will not come unless the apostasy, apostasy comes first and the man of lawlessness, the son of perdition, is revealed, the man doomed to destruction. He opposes and exalts himself above every so-called God or object of worship so that he sits in God's temple proclaiming that he himself is God. That's what it says in Second Thessalonians. And the Lord brought to my mind that only two people in the Bible are called the son of perdition. One is this man of lawlessness, and the other one is Judas. Judas. So, let's think a little bit about Judas. Judas, they thought, let's pretend like we're one of the twelve. And Jesus is sitting with us, and he says, one of you is the devil, or one of you is going to betray me. They look around, who? Who, Lord? They didn't say, I bet it's Judas. Ah, it's got to be Judas. They did not know at all who it was going to be. They did not know until he showed up and kissed our Savior on the cheek. There was a betrayal. So the son of uh, perdition betrays. The son of perdition looks like he's one of us, and then he betrays. Now, John, I've had dreams also where I actually looked at Obama and I called him the Antichrist. So my question is, is the Antichrist and the son of perdition the same person? Or did it in my dream when I called Obama the Antichrist, was I just thinking that at the time? Because at the time I had that dream, he was um, the president. The Bible anyway, uses back to my multiple terms. Mm-hmm. I'm, just, I'm just sharing. The Bible uses multiple right. terms for the Antichrist, the beast, the dragon. I mean, it just goes on. And you might say, well, the dragon is really referring to Lucifer. But, well, I guess it depends on what you believe. But I personally am, am of the disposition. I believe that Satan, based on the scriptures and the way it unfolds, that Satan is going to ultimately incarnate into a human's body um and and then at that moment in time the antichrist will be revealed and even to our fellow brothers and sisters who are kind of clueless i think it's going to be such a, a dramatic change that they even our clueless fellow brothers and sisters are going to have an aha moment. You know what I mean? Because that's kind of like right. what Second Thessalonians 2 seems to imply. It's almost like, you know, Paul's kind of like whacking. I, I imagine Paul with a fly swatter whacking the Thessalonians around on the head going, Jesus isn't coming until the Antichrist is revealed. And, and, if, you, and if you don't work, you don't eat. <laughs> that kind of thing. Right. But anyway. It's interesting how we have so many people, like, in, like it, so many players, could actually step into that role and it keeps us watching and it keeps us searching the scriptures and it keeps us pondering and it keeps us kind of on our edge as we speak. Oh, it could be this one. It could be this one. It could be this one. Um, we've heard it's this one. We've heard it's this one. We've heard it's this one. But I, I do believe most of the Christians who've had dreams, uh, it has been Obama. 
um, including myself, where I called him the Antichrist. Uh, still, there is something about this dream that I had that, you know, when I was in my 20s, I was saying, why would Christians follow the Antichrist? Well, maybe it wasn't the Antichrist that was going up the going up the ramp. Maybe it wasn't the Antichrist that was the bird. Maybe it's somebody else that Christians are following that brings harm to them. Um, another dream I had uh, about the beast. This was kind of interesting. This was a dream and a vision. Um, and I don't really have visions. I only have dreams. But maybe I was still young enough to where it could be a dream and a vision. <laughs> because your old men will dream dreams. Your young men will have visions. So maybe I was you know, still young enough to have a dream and a vision. But this night, I was looking at a man's bare feet, and they were hairy toes, the very normal man's bare feet with hairy toes. And then this iron, ancient iron gate starts to come down from the ceiling with spikes at the bottom, and I started to yell. And in my dreams, for some reason, I'm always yelling. So I yelled, move your feet. And that big iron door came closer to the feet, and right before it hit the feet, the feet transformed into a hairy, hairy beast feet with talons and deformed toes. Hair, like, just looked horrible with talons. And then that, that spike hit the feet, and you could hear the metal and the stone hitting together, and I jolted awake. So as I jolted awake, I rubbed my eyes. I needed to go to the bathroom but I saw a vision in the corner of my room and it was the chest of an angelic being with a white fabric over him and he, I could see his hand. I could see some sort of a, he was holding something like a spear, but if you can imagine a flashlight that only lights up from the neck to the bottom of the chest or torso begins. That's all I saw. And I'm rubbing my eyes. I'm blinking. I'm like, I'm really seeing this. This is not a dream. I'm really awake. There's something standing there in my bedroom. But for some reason, I can only see that little portion of them. And then um, I decided not to go to the bathroom because I didn't want to walk near, <laughs> near this angelic being. So I rolled over on my side, and I just was just really thankful. I was like, wow, you're watching over me. So the next day, I um, took a walk, and I was pondering the dream and the vision. And this is what came to me as I was praying. We are in the ten toes of history. These are the ten toes that Nebuchadnezzar saw in his dream. The iron and the clay toes, it represents the same thing. Nebuchadnezzar saw a stone hit the feet. You saw the iron door close on the feet. It is the same event. The beast is here, but do not be afraid. I am with you until the very end. You are always guarded by my angels. You are never alone. Do not fear the future. I am with you. So, um, A lot of people get scared when I start sharing my dreams, but I, I always want to also explain the glory that the glory that accompanies uh, 
the troubling dreams especially, the ones that involve martyrdom. Um, you know, I don't know if you remember my martyrdom dream I shared. I, I don't remember how many years ago it was. It must have been five years ago that I was on your show, and I shared the dream of being beheaded with my daughter by ISIS. Do you remember that dream? Or that you have so many people on yeah. your show, you might not have remembered it. No, I, I, concentration I do. Camp. Yeah, I, I do. Um, and... Um... You know, I don't remember every little detail. I mean, if you want anything that you feel led to to recover or go over, by all means, please feel free to share everything that you're willing to share. Um, the, this is a hardened audience, okay? You're not going to have any <laughs> like, no, no, I'm not, I can't sleep tonight. It's like, no, not on this program, believe me. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Share, share away, praise God. Okay. Well, the um, the the year that I had the concentration camp dream was during the time of ISIS raging in Mosul, and I was I was listening to programs that were kind of giving details as to the horrific things that ISIS was doing, and um, I had a baby at the time because my baby he was young, he was maybe three years old. And, you know, it's just a terrifying thought to think of your three-year-old being in the hands of evil people. So I was talking to the Lord a lot about ISIS. Um, And the Lord, you know, he cares, John. He cares about our hearts. He cares about our hearts. He wants us to know that even in the midst of hell on earth, he cares about us. He's with us. He will never leave us. We can trust that he is our shepherd through the valley of the shadow of death. So it's almost like God said, okay, Beth, I'm going to take you to your greatest fear. And I'm going to show you my glory so that you can get rid of this fear because this fear is not from me. Um, so I have this dream. And in my dream, my, me and my family are in a concentration camp. It's interesting. It's not my entire family. It's just a few select select members of my family. So we're in the concentration camp, and ISIS has shown up to start beheading us. My daughter and I decided to go first. So we're walking from the barracks to the area where they're doing beheadings. And as we're walking, I have one request from the Lord. I said, Lord, I don't want to see the evil eyes that these men have. I don't want to see their evil faces. So we walk into this building, and they're not there yet. But I see two chopping blocks on the ground, and then the door opens, and they walk in. And as soon as they open the door and start to walk in, a a sheet of fabric comes down over me, and I'm kind of looking through fabric. It's like a clear fabric, but I still can't see very well because it's a fabric. And then at the same time that the fabric comes over my face, this boldness comes up from within me, I point at them and I say very boldly, you cannot take my life. I lay my life down for my Savior who laid his life down for me. And then I immediately drop to my knees and lay my head on the chocolate block. And I could see from my peripheral vision that my daughter is doing the same thing. She's like a teenager. Well, the ISIS guy standing over me feel his fear and he is shaking because he does not want to touch me 
and he does not want to chop my head off, but he does. He chops my head off. And then I stand up and I'm kind of whole again in my dream. I'm dead, but I'm whole. So I walk out of the room. I walk back to the barracks. And as I walk back into the barracks, I see the fear on my husband's face as he's holding my three-year-old. And I see my parents and I see the fear on my parents' face. And my daughter and I are excited. We're like, it's not hard. Why were we ever afraid of dying for him? He's right there with us. Why were we ever afraid? Dying is not hard. And then I said, giving birth is harder than dying. Why were we ever afraid? He's right there with us. And they went, really? And then we went, whoa, wait a minute, we're dead. You can hear us? They're like, yeah, we can see you too. And I said, well, touch us. And when they tried to touch us, their hands went through us. So we weren't like really there. And then I started to cry. I said, well, if I'm dead, where aren't, I supp- aren't we supposed to be with Jesus? And we start crying, Jesus, where are you? Jesus, where are you? Aren't we supposed to be with you? And John, I think there's another meaning about this with that part of the dream. Because we heard his voice and he spoke with anger. He was so angry at them for messing with us. And he said, I am coming to get you. Like very authoritative and with vengeance. I heard the vengeance in his voice. So, you know, I've been thinking about this dream. What would make us cry out like that? Jesus, where are you? Jesus, where are you? Do you realize that's how much we're going to be screaming for him when he comes? Are you still there? Yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know you wanted me to interact with you, but I'll keep my mic live and I'll be right here. So let's. Sorry, I apologize for that. Um, normally, I, I, sure I, I that. yeah, I keep my mic off because you know I'm petting my dogs and doing other things, and you know. Right. So. But no, I, uh, no, I just not, wanted to make I, sure I didn't get cut off. <laughs> no, you, no, you're you're live. You're sounding good. I, one thing that you can definitely count on is I am monitoring every word you say. Um, if something, you know, when you paused, I was like, I went to red alert. It was like the whole golden GIB studios lit up with red lights. <laughs> She's been cut off. She's been cut off. And like, you know, all these technicians oh, running sorry. in with bags and tools and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but anyway, no, um, I did not know that what I, when I recall from other, um, prophetic events of people who have been put by the Lord in the place where they were about to be beheaded. What I do recall, and this would probably be about three to four different testimonies was that, and, and I don't think it was all, I don't think all of them were at the point of beheading. I think in some cases it was at the point of death in another way as well, but, but it was like, Kind of like what you said in the sense that at the very moment that that guillotine was about to be pulled, you know, at the split, you know, within seconds of death actually occurring before it did, 
before it did, they were, you know, pulled out of their body, in their spirit body, and were no longer able to feel any of it. They weren't really present for it. They, they may have, you know what I mean? Almost like a near-death experience where they were kind of like in the room, but they were in the presence of the Lord, and it wasn't like, you know, oh, gosh, that really hurts. Was that thing sharpened any time soon? You know, it wasn't anything like that. It was like, no. <laughs> right, you know right. I mean, well, somebody right. please get a file out. That thing's kind of dull. But whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, listen, kind of, okay. um, I don't know if you know Go ahead. the story of Perpetua. Have you heard the story of Perpetua who um, no. went into the arena? Gosh, I think it was the 170s. Or it was during the, the terrible persecutions of the early church. And she had just had a baby and gave her baby to somebody. And she and some others are in the arena. And the wild beast, one guy was really afraid of the wild beast. And he asked for one fatal blow. He didn't want to be drug around by the wild beast. And he got what he wanted, one fatal blow. <clears throat> and then the animal would not come near him again. Like the animal would not touch him, kind of like the lions wouldn't touch Daniel. Wow. Um, and the girls, the girls uh, ended up having to be executed by the gladiators. And the gladiator did not want to touch her. And she grabbed his hand and helped him uh, thrust the knife into herself. But she looked up, she looked up into the audience, and she saw the the tears of the other believers, and they're just they're just crying. And she looked at them and she pointed and she says, "Do not let what happened to me hurt your faith." And she was just encouraging them. And and before the night before they went into the arena. They, um, one of them had a dream, and it was a very glorious dream where all the angels of, of heaven were talking about their arrival, like they're coming, they're coming, um, and they were very encouraged by the dream. Okay, so back to my dream. The, when the sheet went over my, my face, it was like the Lord's garment, like the Lord was wrapping his own robe around me. Does that make sense? Like I'm in the... Like you would do your own child. You would shield your child's eyes yeah. uh, or to hide them, hide them in, his, in his wings. That's what he was doing. He was hiding me in his wings. And at the same time, he gave me what to say. I did not think. I mean, and when I woke up, John, I'm like, oh, my gosh, that's the best thing to say ever. I would have never thought of that. Um, you know, you cannot take my life. I lay it down to my Savior who laid his life down for me. That is a really cool thing. I don't think of things like that. But in my dream, the Holy Spirit spoke for me, and I even marveled at what I was saying. Wow, wow that's true. You can't take my life. I've, I've already laid it down. I've already laid my life down. We are, we are already martyrs. We've already laid our life down. If we're, if we're living like a living sacrifice, we've already laid our life down. So, you, you know, don't be afraid of the one who can kill the body but can't kill the soul. Fear the one that can take your soul into eternal damnation and hell that's the one we're supposed to fear um, but we've laid our lives down as believers we are already martyrs whether or not we have to go through that act here on earth it, it really doesn't even matter what matters is have you laid your life down have you laid your life down for your your family because jesus asked you to have you laid down your career or whatever it is the lord's asking you to lay down have you laid it down have you laid down your isaac Everybody has an Isaac. Every single person that is following Christ has an Isaac to lay down. 
something that you love dearly that is and the rich young ruler, he was told to lay down his, his wealth because that was what was his, his idol or the thing that was most precious to him. The Lord didn't ask everybody to sell everything and you know, no, he, that was that man's that was that man's idol. Uh, so we all have to lay down our precious Isaac, whatever it is. Um, and some, for some of us, it's our life. For some of us, it's the ability to travel. Uh, for some, it's the ability to eat what they want to eat or go where they want to go. You have to lay it down. So um, that was really cool that Jesus spoke for me. The Holy Spirit spoke for me. He was with me, and the glory was there. The thing when I was saying we we're going to be crying, Jesus, where are you? Jesus, where are you? Jesus, where are you? That is how the whole body of Christ is going to feel because it's going to feel like he's late and it's going to feel like he's not coming. And it's like, why are, why are you letting us be slaughtered like this? Where are you, Jesus? Why, why are we, you know, not everybody. Some of us understand. Some of us understand the beautiful gift to be able to be in the martyrs club. I, I, really, I really kind of want to be able to do that. I really do. And, you know, I, I say that today. I might be a little afraid tomorrow, but according to my dream, it's nothing but glory, nothing but glory. And, and when I said in the dream, giving birth is harder, birth has birth pain, birth pain, birth pain, and it gets harder and faster and closer. And then there's this one long squeezing pain that doesn't end and it just squeezes and squeezes and squeezes and squeezes and you feel like you're about to die. And right when you feel like you're dying, you hear the baby's born. Um, so that's the tribulation. The tribulation is, is like birth. It's death and birth are very similar. There's a squeezing, there's pain, there's a squeezing. And like you said, yeah, in, in my dream, I didn't feel the pain. I didn't feel the blade. I stood up and I walked out. And I couldn't believe we were ever afraid of it. That's how I felt. But even if there is pain, even if we are tortured, even if we are, I hope never this happens, but even if we're raped, um, God is with us. God will never leave us. I did hear a voice of the martyrs. Okay, so I listened to the voice of the martyrs woman's testimony where she was being raped. A sweet virgin Christian missionary. I really, you know, sometimes I hear these stories and I get I get angry at God a little bit. Like, how could you let that happen? But then I I was listening to her testimony from her own mouth, and she said God pulled her out of her body, and she's kind of watching from the ceiling, and she's with Jesus. She knows Jesus is right next to her. And she's watching the act of these two men raping her. And she said, God asked her, will you let me, you, you, will you let me borrow your body so that I can reach these men? And they, uh, they did end up coming to the Lord. Um, and yes, yeah, she, she was, she was still traumatized and it, it did affect her deeply. But um, she allowed the Lord to use her wounds, even to the point of sharing it publicly on radio, 
And that ministered to me to hear it because that was also one of my greatest fears. Like, I don't ever want that to happen to me or my daughters or my son. And yet um, she shared how he was right there with her. He never left her. She wasn't abandoned in her pain. And so, therefore, she could bear it. Anyway. Uh, so my dream of the concentration camp, when I woke from it, I felt like the Lord said, this doesn't mean that this wasn't a vision. This is not necessarily what's going to happen to you, Beth, but I wanted you to see my glory in your greatest fear. So um, looking through my little booklet. It wasn't, okay, so I'm going to share somebody else's dream. This is Julian Spires, Julian E. Spires. I saw this on YouTube, and um, I thought this was worth sharing because he talks about the glory, too. So I'm going to read it. I transcribed it, so I'm going to read his words. The Holy Ghost showed me we are going to be persecuted, but we are going to feel peace. We are going to be happy. In my dream, I was in a government-looking building. Me and my wife and daughter were brought to this building. And there were others, I don't know how many. It was like an office building. They were very upset with us, and they were asking us about the vaccine. Have you had the vaccine? No. Then they would get upset. Have you done this? No. Then they would get upset. Then he asked me about the mark. He said the words, the mark. The Lord would not let me hear everything that he said, but he said, did you, da, 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 that is the mark. I said, no. Immediately they separated us. He took my wife and daughter into another room and put me in a different room. Even as we were being separated, there was a sadness in our faces, but in our mouths there was rejoicing. Out of our hearts, there was rejoicing. You could see the Spirit of God show up. Oh, glory. I could feel my wife in the other room by the Spirit, and she was sharing and ministering to those in the other room. Some of them were believers. Some of them were not. The Lord had me to start worshiping. The Lord said clearly, the saints will suffer persecution. The saints will go through. The saints will go through persecution, but then the Lord whispered, but they're not going to feel it. So um, one of the things I received from this dream, and, and it's interesting, I was um, really praying about what is going on with this vaccination. Um, and from this dream, I, I, I saw three stages, three stages. Because I was a little concerned. And the Lord's like, this three stages. So anyway, it's the third stage that's called the mark. Interesting. So I don't know exactly what that means, but it's interesting that um, through the Spirit, he could feel his wife preaching to the other people. And it's almost like, you know, we know it's coming, John. We know it's coming. And when it finally comes, I think there's just going to be this, oh, my gosh, he's here with us, and this is it. This is our finest hour. This is our finest hour 
to share the gospel to the ends of the earth, and we don't even have to go anywhere. They're gonna, we're just gonna be where we're supposed to be. Whether it's in our own homes, being with the family members that we're supposed to share with, or whether we're taken somewhere, who knows? We're, but he knows. He knows who we're supposed to share with, and he will put them in our path, and we will just share the glory of God and the love of God and the mercy of God, the grace of God, and there will be lots of people coming to the kingdom. There was one other dream I, I put in this packet um, that I really like. It's Ruth Ann's dream. Ruth Ann uh, is an, an older lady, and when she shared this dream with me, I, I saw the dream, um, and it kind of became a part of me. So as she's sharing the words of the dream, I see it. And so when you see a dream, like when someone's giving you their dream, if you ever see it, just know that that it's not meant just for that person. It's meant for the body. And also, if you see it, it really becomes a part of your it just becomes a part of you. So that's what happened with Ruth, Ruth Ann's dream. In, in her dream, there were lots of Christians having to flee from the enemy and going into the wilderness in the woods. The enemy was starting to hunt down the Christians to kill them. Uh, it's interesting. I found in the Bible uh, where Jesus told the disciples, if they start to persecute you, flee to another city. Isn't that interesting? And he said, and you will not finish going through the cities of Israel before he comes. He said, go flee from one city to the other. So he's given us permission that if persecution hits, we are supposed to, to flee. In fact, when the Romans came in 70 AD, a lot of Christianity was already going out of that area. Um, and he used, he, he's, he's used, he doesn't... Um, He's not the evil persecutor, but he allows persecution to help spread the gospel where where we would not normally go. So the Christians are in the woods, and the enemy could not get to the Christians. The Lord put wild animals around the Christians. They were circled in by animals, and any time the enemy tried to come in to get the Christians, the wild beast would push the enemy out. So they were completely protected and they could not penetrate that circle. They could not, the enemy could not penetrate that circle. One by one, the Christians would say, it's time for me to testify. And they would exit the circle. And they would testify for the Lord. And they would give up their lives for Jesus. As they left the circle, they knew it was their time and there was no fear. They knew it was their time. So they were bold as lions. And the glory of God was upon them. Okay. Let's see. Um, it's interesting. My my son that was three when I had the concentration camp dream is now ten, and he had a dream last night, and he didn't know I was going to be on this show. I didn't tell him until um, like 10 minutes before I came on the show. And then he goes, Mom, are you going to tell him my dream? <laughs> I was like, well, maybe I will. 
So this is the dream my son had. He was with other families, but he, he wasn't with me and my husband. We weren't a part of the where he was. And they were kind of camping in a, an area that did not have a lot of trees. So I said, was it kind of like the Midwest where there's not a lot of trees? Or was it like the desert? And he goes, no, it wasn't the desert. There was grass, but there just were like bushes, but not trees. So he's in an area of the United States that has you know, just grass and bushes. And I, I take it to the United States. He didn't say it was not the United States. And they were camping. They had some campers there. And suddenly he sees a falling star. And as he's watching the falling star, he realizes it's not a star. It's a bomb. And he said the bomb had four wings to it. He said it was really big, and it had these four big wings coming out of it. And it hit the ground, and when it hit the ground, the heat wave, the shock wave and the heat wave started coming towards him, and it totally engulfed him, and he went black. He blacked out. And then he kind of woke back up, kind of like my dream where I was beheaded, but then I kind of, kind of got up. He did the same thing where he just got up. And then he found me and was telling me about the dream or about what had just happened. So he had that dream last night. Um, and I don't know if that was just a fear dream or where he actually saw something, but the way he was describing the bomb was kind of interesting with four wings to it. All right. That is all I have to share right now. But um, I... I, I like to encourage people to really camp out in the Psalms when when anything fearful is taking a hold of them. I, I used to minister a lot to children, um, and I would always tell the children, if you're ever afraid at night, open your Bible to the middle and just read the Psalms because there's so much in the Psalms that bring comfort to us. And this is, uh, I'm just going to end by reading Psalm 61. God, hear my cry. Pay attention to my prayer. I call to you from the ends of the earth when my heart is without strength. Lead me to a rock that is high above me. For you have been a refuge for me, a strong tower in the face of the enemy. I will dwell in your tent forever. I will take refuge under the shelter of your wings. And that is like my dream. I took refuge under his wings. I didn't even realize that's what it was until after the dream was over that he put his wings around me as I was putting my head on the chopping block in my dream. And then I later realized, oh, that was the shelter of his wings. Praise God. That's awesome. <clears throat> well, I am personally hoping that my interpretation of the scripture is accurate and that the hour of trial that comes to try those who dwell upon the earth in Revelation 3.10 
um, is the period of time of martyrdom and that uh, a lot of us will not be here at that time. There's also a number of prophecy, dreams, and visions. Now, I'm not a preacher rapture person. I am. I think we're going to go through a lot of hard – I know as a fact that we're going to go through a lot of really super hard, dark times. There will be persecution, no doubt about it. But I think by the time – as far as I can tell, comparing 11 years of prophecies, dreams, visions back to the Holy Bible, analyzing it for as long, um, it appears clear to me uh, that um, you know there's a high level of likelihood that uh, the vast majority of us – now, not everybody is going to be gone. Not everybody is going to be gone. There's actually multiple iterations. You know, there's the tribulation saints. They will be martyred. They will be uh, decapitated. There's no question about that. It's in the Bible. Um, but when I study, you know, the rapture dreams and visions of dozens of people over 11 years, one thing that seems to be a consistent theme is that there's no decapitations taking place at all. Um, uh, you know, until after at least the first two iterations of the barley harvest and the wheat harvest occurs after the three days of darkness. I have, I have not been able to find one, not one, you know, whether I go back all the way to the early 80s with, um, you know, um, uh, Ken Peters, uh, I can't find one. That indicates that the uh, the FEMA camps, the um, the stuff that Ken Peters saw, where people were standing in lines to be decapitated, he was with his wife, waiting in a line. Um, I can't find anything that indicates that that's going to happen before World War Three. You know what I'm saying? So that that's that. So when mm-hmm. when I look at when I look at the seals. You know, we got the we got the third seal, which is uh, you know um, global financial collapse. We know that the bride is still going to be here, and the bride is kind of a big group, really, when you think about it. I mean, everybody's like remnant, 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 and they think it's like thirty people or whatever, and they're wrong. It's not one hundred forty-four thousand either. That is absolutely false. As a misunderstanding of the scripture, it's a heck of a lot bigger than that, and it's worldwide. Um, but but anyway, the point is, you have at the end of the third seal, you got do not harm the oil or the wine. Well, that's referring to the bride. So we know that the bride of Jesus Christ is going to be on the earth at the by the you know at the end of the global financial collapse. Right after the global financial collapse, it is reasonable that we would segue almost immediately, if not while the global financial collapse is happening, into World War Three. And World War Three, it it, it it gets complicated because you have a combination of things that happen all at the same time. But basically, once World War III, with all the stuff that's going to be going on, including ground-based nukes and some air-based nukes, this is all before the complete obliteration of the United States of Babylon the Great from sea to shining sea with Russian uh, submarine-launched nuclear missiles. But if you think about it, at what point would they have set up the FEMA camps? At what point would they have started to decapitate people? We're going right from a global financial collapse. We're going right into World War III. We know that the Russians are going to level this country from, from one side to the other with a global therm, you know, it's going to be therm, thermonuclear submarine launched, you know, both missiles. We already know that. We've got testimonies from Dmitry Dudeman, A. Allen, uh, Henry Groover. You know, it all lines up. You know, and so then I'm trying to think, you know, I, I, I try to reason my way through it. I look at the scripture and I cannot find all I can see is my Bible says in Revelation 3.10, it says, because you kept the hour, my command to persevere, I will keep you, my bride, from the hour of trial, which comes to try test those who come, you know, that, are, that you know, that, that are that are on mm-hmm. the earth. Okay, well, that means that the bride, right. the, 
Philadelphia isn't on the earth, okay, because it clearly states that. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, so that kind of aligns. I'm not saying that there aren't going to be Christians. Now, don't get me wrong, folks. There's A lot of people don't understand these things. We always like to think the light is on or the light is off. I'm going to be raptured or I'm not going to be raptured. I'm part of the bride. I'm not part of the bride. It is not how it works. That is incorrect thinking. Okay. It is, there will be those of us who have been appropriately refined. There are those of us who will have gone through, you know, the fire and we will be living holy and righteous lives. We are in fear of God and hellfire. We are, there are those who will, they're not, they're, they're part of the church of Philadelphia. They're not going to be here on the earth when this stuff is happening. That hour of trial, I, I cannot, no matter how much, how hard I try to figure out how I could be wrong. And I'm not talking about myself alone. I'm talking about probably 20 years of study under many other people looking for the errors deciphering it, listening to hundreds of testimonies of people who have seen these things actually happening in prophecies, dreams, and visions over an untold number of decades. When I look at all of that data and I look at what the Bible says, I, for the life of me, cannot figure out it. The best I can tell is the FEMA camps and, you know, and again, we've got the Tommy Hicks vision. We've got the uh, Armin Wolf vision of 1993 where he saw Jesus coming when the, when the, when the Christians were being persecuted. Um, And, uh, and some of them even went into the FEMA camps voluntarily, but they were already in transformed bodies and the, and the, Guards were trying to stop them, but the guards could not stop them. The guards would shoot at them, and the bullets would go straight through them. And they went voluntarily into the FEMA camps where they were decapitating people, and they um, they, they went there to preach Jesus to all of the people who were scared mm-hmm. half to death. You know what I mean? So right, I, so right, right. It, somebody had asked me, um, I believe it was Tramil from Belgium, asked me uh, just before the show started, he said, John, if somebody sees – or experiences a dream or a vision, you know, they, they, they're standing in line and they are about, you know, they're, they're about to get their head chopped off or whatever the case is. Of course, what, what gets me is that people don't realize, that, you know, a properly operating guillotine is one of the best ways to die. I mean, it really is. It's incredibly merciful. I mean, you know, one second you're there, one second you're not, you know. Now, if they're going to pull your fingernails out and cut your fingers off slowly with a pair of, you know, dull pliers, then that's a problem. <laughs> But 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 my point is this. I he he said if if a person has a dream of themselves getting decapitated by a guillotine, does it mean that they are going to get decapitated by a guillotine? And I said no. No no God, no God no. Because I clearly knew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes yes. Yeah, and he so, clearly showed me. I'm taking you to your greatest fear. Yes. Uh, he was taking me to my greatest fear, and he was showing me his glory. So he was, first of all, showing me what my greatest fear was at the time. It's no longer my greatest fear. Uh, and then he was showing me his glory, that he never leaves his saints, uh, no matter it's what a, they have to go through. Yeah, and I can't see a more hearty amen, because that that attribute of the experience is exceedingly consistent with literally everybody that we've ever had on the show, any of the books that I've read about this, I too have listened to lengthy testimonies of, uh, you know, um, Voice of the Martyrs, 
testimonies, people that were in like Nepal mm-hmm. and got arrested by the police and were beaten for like days. And, and Jesus was right there with them. They, they, they admitted they didn't feel any pain. So mm-hmm. everything that you said uh, more than 100% matches perfectly with the testimonies of so many very anointed people. So that is incredible. Un- it's, a, it's unbelievable. It's, a, it's astonishing. It's stupefying, awesome, glorious hope and, and takes away all of the concerns for any one of us. Let's just say that you have something in your life that isn't where it needs to be. And you don't make the first rescue mission, you know, the, and and maybe you do. You know, even in the uh, Armin Wolf vision of 1993 where Jesus came back, in the room where Jesus was standing, there were two different groups of Christians. And Jesus, re, you know, pointed over to a group of them that were standing in the corner, and he said, now, th- now remember, this is symbolic. Okay, because this is going to happen on a global level. But Jesus pointed over to a group of people that were in the room. Now, remember, when he materialized in that warehouse room, the people were being persecuted, beaten over the head with butts of rifles, the whole thing like you'd imagine outside of Auschwitz kind of thing. All right, people were being persecuted. They were being beaten, Christians. When Jesus showed up in that room, he pointed over to a group of the Christians that were in the room, and he said, Y'all over there, go home. You've done, you've done enough. And they raptured up to heaven and left. And the rest <laughs> of them were like, we want to go, we want, we want to go, we want to go kind of thing. And, and Jesus was like, no, I need y'all to stay here with me. we got some work to do. Okay? And they partially transformed into light beings. And at that point, they could not be touched by the guards. If they tried to hit him on the head with a, hit him with a, shoot a bullet, whatever the case is, the bullet would go right through him. They tried to hit him, the, the rifle would go right through him. They could not be touched. If they would grab a hold of him and try to pull him to the left, pull him to the right, five soldiers trying to pull on him, they couldn't move him. They couldn't budge him. The sad part about it was that also in the room were other Christians that did not make the second cut. Okay, so you have the first heart, your first rescue mission, which were the ones that had already, for whatever reason, paid their dues and done enough. And Jesus said, "You can go home." You had the second group where Jesus said, "Stay here. I'm gonna, you know, you're gonna transform and you're gonna help me with the people in the FEMA camps and stuff." But then you had the third group that were really freaking out because they didn't make the second cut. That actually aligns scripturally in an unbelievably supernatural and beautiful way because it aligns with the concept of the barley harvest, the wheat harvest, and the grape harvest. Grape harvest doesn't happen. Those are the tribulation saints. The tribulation saints are the ones that are part of the foolish virgins that do not make the first cut. And they get cast into the great tribulation. That's in Revelation 2, 22. They're cast into great tribulation. All right? And, and they're, they're part of the grape harvest. And by the way, that is the third watch in Revelation 12, verse 35, 36, 37, 38, Jesus comes back for the second watch and the third watch. Where is he coming back from? Marriage Supper of the Lamb. It says right there. All right. So it's clear as a bell. Hey, John, I have a question. I have a Go question. I have a friend who had a dream that when the bombs were coming down, we were going up. Do you ever think that seal. the first cut? Now, that's a what? sick seal. That's, no, that's the weed harvest. All right. How do you know? No, wait, okay. I can, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go okay. ahead. Go. 
Okay, so my question was, like, you know, you were saying war is coming, and, and we all feel like war is on this here. So as those bombs are coming down, mainly on Babylon the Great, as the bombs are coming down, she saw a lot of the saints going up. And she didn't know if it was the rapture or if it was that they, we, that they died. Um, I did have a dream that I was left with a group, a big group went on the plane, and I was told, no, you've got to stay here in the airport and help me feed this group of young people. And it was, she called it Young Life. She goes, we got to feed Young Life kids. And so I said, what about my family? They're going to wonder where I am. And she goes, no, they've been alerted. They know you've got some more work to do down here. And so I was, I was not a part of that first group that went in my dream because I had some evangelism to do with the young people. You know um, they're going to send a bunch of us back, don't you? Well, you know, it's you... interesting. I actually I had another <laughs> dream where I was up. I, I was up in a. I was up in this moving train, and it was up above the earth. And I was in this train, and there was a, a little girl, and there were some foreigners, and and there was a leader, and he was talking to us. There's only like seven of us in that train, and he was saying, "There's bloodshed going on down on the earth, and we're going to get trained, and then we're going down." Uh, and that was a real interesting dream. But anyway, my question to you, if the bombs come on Babylon the Great, where a lot of God's people are here in America, the going up, is it death? And is it Isaiah, not Isaiah, there's that verse that says, blessed is he who dies in the Lord from now on, for he will rest from his labor. Or was it the, the rapture? I've heard I've heard what you're saying, and I've heard it from dozens and dozens and dozens of people. The bombs come down and we go up. Now, I all I can tell you is that I I don't see that as necessarily being a part of the rapture. I know a lot of people do. I don't. I don't. I don't. And I'll tell you why. The reason why is because when I analyze hundreds and hundreds of prophecies and dreams and visions that I've been studying for the last 11 years against the scripture. The best that I can tell is there is a barley harvest, which is the first watch. Again, this is captured in Luke 12, 35 to 38. So you've got a first watch, second watch, and third watch. Barley harvest, wheat harvest, grape harvest. All right. What What is another predominant rapture vision by a ton of people, a, just a ton, is this um uh what is 40 days so the three days of darkness so when you read revelation 6 12 a lot of stuff is going on a lot of people don't realize how much is jammed into the day of the lord revelation 6 verse 12 begins the day of the, the lord okay now so a meteor hits off the coast of Puerto Rico, causes the great earthquake in Revelation 6, verse 12. It is a whole, the whole earth is going to shake violently when that meteor hits off the coast of Puerto Rico. Mm-hmm. Now, then, and it's also going to be happening at the same time that World War III is in progress because that same great earthquake is, is in Revelation 38, 
I believe it's either verse 17 or 18 or possibly verse 40. I can't remember, but just look for the great earthquake in Ezekiel 38. That is a Gog and Magog invasion, which is World War III. Okay. Now, now, so we, we can correlate the great earthquake with World War III. So when World War III is in progress and all of Israel's enemies are surrounding them and attacking them and stuff, guess what? Meteors coming, folks. So there's your early warning. If you're still here, what we don't know for sure is the barley harvest, the first watch, when precisely do they leave? Now, it's likely that it's going to be after the global financial collapse because don't harm the oil or the wine. So I would assume that that would include, be inclusive of the entire bride or all of the wise virgins. The foolish virgins we know are cast into the Great Tribulation because they had an opportunity to continue forward in their sanctification and their quest for holiness and righteousness, but they didn't really understand it. They just weren't where they needed to be. And they are the ones that are most likely to be martyred. They are the ones that think that it's okay to go buy guns and shoot people and, you know, oh, these bad people are coming to my house and I'm going to go ahead and just shoot my way into heaven. That is not, that is not part of the bride of Jesus Christ. Sorry, but they will be cast into the Great Tribulation, and they will have to go through they – they will have to have the ultimate test. That's why it says in Revelation 3.10, it says, because you have kept my command to persevere, you will not be subject to the hour of trial, which comes to test those who dwell upon the earth. Now, you might say, well, gee whiz, I have never seen an hour – be equated with the period of the Great Tribulation, but I can assure you it's there. It's in Revelation chapter 17, where it says that these X number of kings will be promoted and power will be given to them for one hour. Well, we know it's not 60 minutes, and we know it's the period of the Great Tribulation. So that establishes times, times, half a time, 42 months, um, you know, and 3.5 years as and one hour as being a metaphor for the period of the Great Tribulation. So if you're going to have an hour of trial, which is the Great Tribulation, that is going to be when the Tribulation saints, which would be the Great Harvest, that would be the last group, the third watch, that they're going to be the ones that are going to be decapitated. But my understanding, and this would take a long time to explain all the details that establishes this understanding in my heart, but I've heard other people such as yourself and others say the same thing. They're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a dream. And, and yes, that's what happened. But my understanding is that um, the barley harvest is going to leave before the United States is destroyed. So the barley harvest is the first iteration of the rapture, also known as the first watch. That would also support the Armin Wolf vision where Jesus pointed over to a group of saints in a room and said, okay, you guys have done enough. You can go home. And then some had to stay, and then some had to get cast into the Great Tribulation. So there were actually three groups in the Arm and Wolf vision. All right, so that supports it as well. Now, we also have dozens of prophecies, dreams, and visions that indicate that after the three days of darkness, there will be a 40-day period on planet Earth where, by the way, this is... Uh, in, this is in Isaiah 60, verses 1, 2, and 3. Okay, so it's actually in the Bible. And, um, and, it, and that scripture reads, Isaiah 61, 
It says, Arise and shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Lord is risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. There's your three days of darkness. There's your three days of darkness. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and deep darkness the people. The people are going to be really depressed and bummed out. But the Lord will arise over you, and his his glory, which we know is the transformation of us into light beings, which is going to make us shine. His glory will be seen upon you, and the Gentiles shall come to your light, kings to the brightness of your rising. There are testimonies, bazillions of them, bunches of them, and I could, I could dig them all up and do a whole show on them, of people, of us, of some of us, after the three days of darkness – which, by the way, is an alien invasion, which wipes out a whole lot of people. That's why it says in Isaiah 26, uh, 20, it says, go into your chambers for a little while until the indignation is passed. We're supposed to stay inside the house while the three days of darkness is happening. You don't want to go outside. It's going to be very bad. Okay, but then we're going to go out and transform bodies for 40 days, and we're going to round everybody up, which, by the way, is captured in Matthew 22, where you've got two groups that the king sent out. Matthew 22 actually captures all of this beautifully. And there's two kings. It says, it says right here, the kingdom of heaven is like a certain king who reigns for a marriage for a son. He, and he sent out his servants to call those who were invited to the wedding, but nobody was willing to come. But here's the key. Mm. Verse 4, it says, again, he sent out other servants. Not the same ones, different ones. What happened to the first group of servants? They're not there anymore. They are gone. Why would God send out a second group of servants? Well, because the other ones are gone. They're raptured. They're already up in the marriage wow. of the That's your first watch. Okay, and then and so it's all right here. Once you awaken to the first watch, second watch, and third watch, when you get that down. The scriptures, the parables, all of it comes alive. It all supports it. It all says it over and over and over again. But you have to awaken to it first, and then it jumps off the page. It's all over the Bible. So so <clears throat> to your point, I would submit not that – I would not say no that when the missiles come down – we go up is not the rapture. I would not say that that, you know, categorically is not the rapture. My personal belief is, as just me, is the answer is never A or B or C. The answer is always D, all of the above. So hmm. there is reason in the world to believe that after the three days of darkness, some 40 days after we are out there or whoever's you know, part of the wheat harvest uh, is out there, because keep in mind, that, that's after the meteor hits. 22 million people are going to die on the east coast of the United States of Babylon the Great after that meteor hits. Do you think there are going to be any saints in that group? Oh, yes, there are. You better believe it. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a lot. There are going to be millions of people that believe in Jesus that are going to die. All right. But that's no problem. They're going to be happy as can be. Okay, so so my point is, could it be both? That's the most likely answer, because depending on where you live, you know, do you live in Virginia Beach? Do you live in Iowa? Do you live in Alaska? Do you live in Mozambique? All these things are going to play a role into what happens to you when this stuff starts, you know, when, when these things start to come to pass. 
Where do you live? Are you in a city? Are you in a country? What, what country are you in? And that, that is what helps us to kind of stick together is when, when you start to say no, that's where you mess up. Analyzing all the possibilities and you go, well, that can't be true and that can't be true and that can't be true. See, what you're doing is you're cutting your nose off to spite your face. When you take the opposite approach and say, how can it be true? How can that be true and this be true and right, be true? Right, right. And when you do that, all of a sudden, it just it's like a tapestry. It's like, a, it's like a chorus. And the whole Bible just starts to support it. And now you don't have to point to a whole bunch of our brothers and sisters and saying they're all full of baloney. You can say they were hearing from God. You know what I mean? Right. And that's, that's when it, you know, I, I had to come to a point in all these years that I've been doing this. I, I couldn't, of good conscience, point to any group of believers and say they're all full of baloney. I couldn't do it. To me, that was wrong. That was a wrongful thing to do. So then I had to reconcile it all as likely true. And then when you do that and you take a second look at your parables and your scriptures and you start going, hey, it kind of is right here. Because if you think about it, the, for example, Sori Park is a, is a South Korean anointed, tongue-speaking, Holy Spirit, uh, I mean, preacher, the, the, the best of the best. And Sori Park was taken to heaven, and Jesus told him that when the rapture occurs, NASA would come on TV and tell everybody that the aliens took him. David Doetry prayed for over a decade, maybe 15, 20 years, on his knees, fervently, in tears, seeking the Lord. And all he asked God to do is show him when the rapture was going, how the rapture would go down. And what does the Lord show him? A big, round, spherical, Death Star spaceship in the sky. And he lives an hour south of me. And he said he saw the rapture taking place outside in his backyard in Sun City Center, south of Tampa. And it was it was late at night, and he saw him going up his blue streaks into the sky. And I thought to myself, well, how can, you can't have it both ways, man. You can't. If you had a meteor smash into the ocean and 22 million people are dead, the state of Florida is completely wiped out by a thousand meter high tidal wave, then David Doetry is either telling a naughty fib. So then I thought, well, wait a minute. If they're all true, Sorry Park, Sorry Park's conversation with Jesus about the rapture and NASA coming on TV. NASA ain't coming on TV after a meteor smashes into the ocean. There isn't going to be any NASA. There isn't going to be any TV. So I had to say to myself, well, golly, if that be true, there's got to be three groups of rescue missions. There's got, and then more, God sent me more people and people that had expertise, iron sharpens iron. And, and I had a, a reverend call me up and get in touch with me and say, oh, no, this is 100% scriptural. You've got the barley harvest, which happens at Pentecost. You know how many people are strong believers that the rapture is going to happen at Pentecost instead of during uh, 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 Yom Teruah? But then there's a whole other group of people that, no, 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 it has to be Yom Teruah in September. What if they're both right? 
what the barley is harvested uh, after Shavuot. Okay, so that's when that's during Pentecost. Then several months later, you have the, the New Year, Yom Teruah, and that's when the vast majority of pre-tribbers believe that the rapture is going to take place. But what if they're both right? What if they're both right? And then that supports Luke twenty-three, or sorry, twelve thirty-five, where it says, "Let your this is Jesus talking." He says, "Let your waist be girded and your lamps burning." Who's he talking to? If he's talking about lamps burning, he's talking to the wise virgins. It says, and you yourselves be like men who are waiting for their master for when he, listen, it says right here, it says, when he will return from the wedding. So Jesus is coming back from the wedding supper of the Lamb. Where is the wedding supper of the Lamb at? In heaven. So right here you see Jesus coming back. He's warning us, keep your lamps burning. Who's he talking to? The the wise virgins, because they're the ones that had the extra oil in their vessels. And he's saying, keep your lamps burning. Because when I return from the wedding, he's going to come and knock, and, and you're going to need to open to him immediately. Blessed are those servants who's, uh, whom the master, when he comes, will find watching. As early I say to you, he will gird himself, and he will sit down to eat. Where? Marriage supper of the Lamb. And will come and serve them. Where? The marriage supper of the Lamb. And if he should come in the second watch, or come in the third watch, and find them watching for him. Blessed are those servants. Wow, that is, I have never seen it like that Three before. Three watches, man. Barley harvest, wheat harvest. Barley happens before the meteor hits. And 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 if David Doetry's vision was right about, and, and, and Augusto Perez. Augusto Perez saw the same spherical-shaped Death Star spaceship in the sky that David Doetry saw three to four weeks before the first iteration of the rapture or the rescue mission. And like like I said, it, it, you can't have it always. So if, if you're going to piece it together, it's got to be three events. And then we even had... Like 11 years or 10 plus years after we started doing the radio show, I had written an article called Multiphase Rescue Mission in 2011 based upon Luke 12, 35, 36, and 37. And I asked the question, could this be three raptures, a multiphase rescue mission? Since then, 10 years later, we had a guy on the show who wrote a book about three raptures. I couldn't believe it. So anyway wow. – so when exactly? Well, the second that people call the the one the rapture event that occurs. And keep in mind, after the three days of darkness, the people you know the the people that come out of their chambers, you know, stay in your chambers until the indignation is passed. What what indignation? It's the alien invasion that occurs in Isaiah 13. God sends them from the far ends of the heaven. From the Shamayim, that's where the planets revolve. It actually says that if you get your hand strong out, it says where the planets revolve. So Isaiah 13 happens during the day of the Lord, okay, which is in Revelation 6, 12, 13, 14, 15. Look, the sun turns black as sackcloth of hair. Three days of darkness. The, The stars fall from the sky like a fig tree shaken by a mighty wind. Alien invasion. Fallen angels. Stars, angels, fallen, come crashing down. Look, Battle L.A., it's a prophetic movie. It starts out with meteors crashing down into the Pacific Ocean, and then aliens come out of the Pacific Ocean and start killing everybody. 
Look, it says in Revelation 13, it says right here, it says, lift up the, hand, the banner high on the mountain, raise, uh, raise your voice to them, wave your hand. I have command. this is our Father speaking. He says, I have commanded my sanctified ones. I have also called my mighty ones for my anger, those who rejoice in my exaltation. Like the noise of a multitude of the mountains, like many people, not many people, like many people, a tumultuous noise of the kingdoms of the nations gathered together. Where are these nations located? Outer space. It says right here, it says, the Lord of hosts musters the army for battle. They come from a far country, from the end of the heaven. That word is Shamaim, and it means where the planets revolve. It's outer space. The Lord and his weapons of indignation come to destroy the whole land. When has there ever been a war on the face of planet Earth, including World War II with Nazi Germany and Treblinka and, and Auschwitz and all another creepy weirdness? When has ever anyone ever chopped the child to pieces? Never. In the history of the world, I don't care. Pick your war. Napoleon, you name it, has there ever been a time when a child was chopped to pieces? And the answer is no. Okay, but look at what it says in Isaiah 13. It says right here, it says, um, oh, it says, yeah, 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 yeah. It says, um, everyone who is found will be thrust through, and everyone who is captured will fall by the sword. Their children will be dashed into pieces before their eyes. Their wives, their houses will be plundered and their wives ravaged. This goes hand in hand with Isaiah 26 and uh, verse 20, where it says, stay in your chambers for a little while until the indignation has passed. The, the people that are left behind for the wheat harvest in the day of the Lord will be transformed. Uh, and, and because here's the thing, we know that the nuclear missiles fall during the day of the Lord. It's, it's captured in Zechariah 5. It, 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 how do we know? Revelation 18, verse 23 says, and this is talking about the destruction of Babylon the Great by fire. Okay, so that's when Russia dumps the whole, all their nuclear missiles out of their subs on this country. Okay, now, how do we know? How can we place it? Where does Revelation 18 actually happen? Because you don't want to move it unless you can prove it. Don't move it unless you can prove it. Revelation 18.23 says, The bride and the bridegroom groom will be heard in her no more. That's what it says. Therefore, since we know that the bride and the bridegroom will not be in the great tribulation, and you're like, how, how, how do you know that? Because the Bible says so. 1 Thessalonians 5.9 says, we are not appointed to wrath. Revelation 6.17 says, and the day of his wrath has come, and who is able to stand? So we know that we cannot be here past Revelation 6.17, or else we would be in the period of God's wrath. That means that if the bride and the bridegroom it will not be heard in her anymore, Babylon the Great, then Revelation 18 happens during the sixth seal. But wait a minute. Where is it? Surely it would be written in the text. It is. It says, and the sky will roll up like a scroll. Anybody who's seen the, the videos of Bikini Island nuclear tests and everything know as a fact that it, nothing but a nuclear bomb going off is going to make the, the entire sky roll up like a scroll. And it's right there in the text. It's right there. So, so 
it, all the and not only that, but you got the angels flying in Revelation 14. They're flying overhead and they're going, Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen. They're talking past tense. So if Revelation, if, if the angels are flying over in Revelation 14, saying that Babylon the Great has fallen, has fallen, that mighty, you know, da da da, that it's past tense. That means Revelation 18 has to be before Revelation 14. So we know what, we know that the nuclear bombs are going to fall on the United States during the day of the Lord. But there's going to be a lot of things. You're going to have the meteor hit, mega tsunami around the world. The entire earth is going to shake. You're going to have the sun turns black as sackcloth. Uh, that's your three days of darkness. Then you're going to have the 40 days afterwards where that Isaiah 60 verses 1, 2, and 3 take place where there'll be a transformation. That's the second group. That's the wheat harvest. It's also known as the final harvest. Most of the people who see have seen the visions of the, um, of the, of the harvest, uh, you know, of the saint or of, of the people. And by the way, that's captured in Matthew 22 as well. Matthew 22, the, the wheat harvest week, whoever's here for that, we transform into light beings. After the three days of darkness, we leave our chambers where we were, commanded to hide out for a while, and we go out into the streets, and we're glowing. We're light beings, and we glow. And people will come running to us to be saved, but sadly, people will also run away from us because they will be afraid. But this is in Matthew 22. If you go back to Matthew 22, it says, the second group, he says, and again, the great king sent out other servants this would be the wheat harvest tell uh tell those who are invited see i have prepared my dinner my oxen my fatted cattle are all killed and they're ready come to the wedding where what wedding is that wedding supper of the lamb in heaven it's rapture verse five but they made light of it and went their own ways one to his own farm and his business and the rest seized his servants treated them spitely and killed them so guess what the second group is the one that gets persecuted the wheat harvest Right there it is. There's oh, the interesting. Yep, and it goes on. It says, but what, when the king heard about it, that would be our Heavenly Father, he was furious, and he sent out his armies, and he destroyed those murderers, and he burned up their city. There's the destruction mm. of Babylon the Great. And then it goes on. It says, then he said to the servants, the wedding is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy. Therefore, go into the highways and find as many as you can to invite to the wedding. And, and the servants, this is the, the most important part. Those servants were then sent out into the highways and gathered together all whom they found, both the good and the bad. And the wedding hall was filled with guests. Guests. So the guests of the wedding supper are the people that the wheat harvest brings back with them after the three days of darkness, just before the nuclear bombs are dropped and wipe out the entire United States. It all crunches in to those three or four scriptures, Revelation 6, 12, 13, 14 through 17. It's all crammed right in there. It's amazing. It's really very cool. So. Where does the abomination that causes desolation, and like what is that, and where where does that fall? The abomination is that uh, the the abomination of desolation that is standing in the holy place, I believe, is when Lucifer incarnates into Obama, because the holy place, God 
all human beings that are part of the Adamic bloodline, although a lot of us would probably like to assume that Obama is probably not part of the Adamic bloodline, but I think that it's fair to reason, you know, to, to suggest that he probably is. But all so if you go to Genesis two seven, you see the Lord God Yahweh Elohim, which by the way is very important to make note of. I'm not I'm not being pedantic. I'm not doing that Yahuwah thing and trying to prove that I have some special understanding of God's name. I'm simply saying that it in Genesis 1 does not have anything about our Heavenly Father in it. Nothing. Okay? Our Heavenly Father doesn't show up on the scene until after Genesis 2-4. And in Genesis 2-7, the Lord God Yahweh Elohim, that is the first time that he is mentioned, our Heavenly Father, the great El Elyon, okay, he breathes the capital S living soul into the nostrils of Adam. That's the Spirit of God. That happens to every baby at conception. The Spirit of God is breathed into them, providing that you're part of the endemic bloodline. You're not some kind of a shape-shifting entity. All right. Now, that being said, when you recognize that, then you, um, then, then you have to assume, pro most likely, that Obama is probably part of the endemic bloodline. And then he would be, by definition, what Jesus referred to as, you know, the temple body. So all throughout the New Testament, you don't see any real re you don't see any references to the rebuilding of the Third Solomon Temple at all. All you see is continuous, repetitive references about the fact that the body of a human being, part of the Edemic bloodline, is the temple of God. So if the abomination of, de of desolation uh, is standing in the holy place, let the reader beware. That's what it says. Well, whenever the Bible says, if you can receive it or let the reader beware, when those phrases are in the Bible, that means that whatever 99.9% .9 of the Christians in the world believe, it means that they're wrong. It's extremely mystery. It's mega mystery. Okay, so then I thought to myself, okay, well, holy place. What's the holy place? Standing in the holy place. The pre-tribbers believe that they're going to be standing in a third Solomon's temple that they've been waiting for forever. <laughs> there's no sign of anybody ever going to build a third Solomon temple. You know, now we know, but there's going to be a lot of stuff that happens in the three and a half years of the Great Tribulation. So I'm not ruling out any of Ezekiel 37, 38, I'm sorry, Ezekiel 34, any of that stuff. It's not the point. The point is the timing of it. Thinking that there has to be a third Solomon temple before the rapture is a mistake. It's a big mistake, in my opinion. Carl Gallup's, Pastor Carl Gallup's, has been on the show multiple times. He totally agrees with me. As a matter of fact, I learned a ton from him about that. He maintains the same exact thing. He also maintains that the two witnesses are not two bearded Hebrews standing on a street corner in Tel Aviv, uh, you know, shooting fire out of their mouths for three and a half years. He believes that it's going to be Christians and uh, Messianic Jews. Uh, the, you know, the, the two are made into one. You know, Ephesians two, uh, ten, eleven, twelve, and all that. Um, that that are going to be on the earth. What's the fire shooting out of it? That's a metaphor. When we Zechariah 2.5, I will be the fire in her midst, the holy fire of God. We call down the fire of God. We use the fire of God as our weapons in spiritual warfare prayers. We, 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 in the name of Jesus, I declare the fire of God to, to burn these entities into screaming and horrific agony, to weld the pit shut in the name of Jesus. We command the holy fire. We are a royal priesthood, 1 Peter 2.9. That's who we are. So a lot of us, as far as I can tell, when we go up to the wedding supper, 
they're going to pull – I don't know if it's going to be the whole group or what, but they're going to pull a bunch of us back into another room, and they're going to say, do you want to go down on assignment and help the tribulation saints? Do you want to go down back down to earth and help them? And I was instructed by a guy who had been taken to heaven multiple times. He said to me, John, you need to take the mission. You need to take the mission. Because you're given a choice. You can go into eternal rest, go to your mansion, kick back. You have a Mai Tai or whatever, an umbrella drink or whatever. You you know, but (laughs) he said, take the mission, John. He he was very, very emphatic about it. His implication by the tone of his voice was, I would be making an egregious mistake by turning down the opportunity to take the mission. Which, by the way, explains the concept of the two witnesses shooting fire out of their mouth. Get it? It's so cool. It makes so much sense. But anyway... I'm wacky like that. It's interesting. I wrote, I wrote in my journal, I wrote my journal, gosh, how many years ago? I'm reading something. I just wrote my journal. Concerning the two witnesses, I believe they represent the Jew and the Christian. The Jew carried the Torah to the world. The Christian carried the gospel to the world. Um, Yes. They are supernaturally protected. Their prayers are answered by the Lord, thus they have power. Yes. Hosea 2.19 says, I will betroth thee. I have people all the time that we can't bring on the show. We we make mistakes sometimes. We invite somebody to the show, and then Nancy goes out and does some investigation, we, and they have this whole big thing on their website, bad-mouthing Israel. And I'm like, they can't come on the show. They don't understand the concept. Hosea 2.19, our Heavenly Father says to, to Israel, to the Jews, he says, I will betroth thee. So the the Jews, the Israel becomes God's wife. The bride of Jesus Christ, us, we become Jesus's wife. But 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 as it says in Ephesians uh, two, nine, ten, and eleven, the middle wall of separation was broken down, making Jew and Gentile into one through the body of Christ. In fact, in Galatians it says there is neither Jew nor Gentile nor man nor woman. We are all one in the body of Christ. So yes, th- this is this is like way more exciting. You know, I think back to my Jan- and I love Jack Van Impey. Don't get me wrong, but I think back to my Chuck Mislor and Jack Van Impey days when I studied until my fingers were purple with my pencil and my Mead notebooks, <laughs> and I and I'm like, man, this this rendition is way more exciting. <laughs> I'm like, bring it on, let's get it going. You know. What did you think about the Jewish boys' vision? Oh, uh, Nathan. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think he nailed it. As a matter of fact, right now I'm watching um, Morocco and uh, oh, is it Algeria? Uh, they're starting to war. Uh, there's battles. There's you know saber rattling and threat going on between Algeria and Morocco, which are Arab nations. Nathan uh, was shown you know Obama as Gog, right? And then um, also that the Arab nations will start fighting with each other first, and then they will all turn and go against Israel. Which, by the way, is a big warning sign for us because Jesus, in the Olivet Discourse, he goes, all this bad stuff is going to happen, man. Pestilence, famine, people will be going, here's a Jesus, there's a Jesus, everywhere's a Jesus, Jesus. Uh, but you know what? Don't you get yourself, don't get a bee in your bonnet because you've got to wait until you know Israel's surrounded by your enemies. Guess what? 
Nathan's testimony, Gog, Obama, Arab nations fighting against each other. They all turn against Israel. We need to be watching for that. That is our big, big sign. That's when we know we're about to leave any minute. Praise God. (laughs) You know, it's funny how Jesus just comes right out and tells it. He comes point blank. He just comes right out and tells us exactly what we need to be looking for. You know, not a third Solomon temple. There is no place that Jesus ever said, look for a third Solomon's temple. (laughs) He said the opposite. Mm, It's interesting. I, I wrote in my journal. After I listened to Nathan, I wrote this in my journal, too. I don't know. It's just interesting. An event on the Temple Mount begins the war. Then Obama goes to the Temple Mount, sets up an image of peace, and divides the land. I don't know. I just wrote that down. It's interesting. Sometimes it's interesting to to see what you write. Yeah. No, I, 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 I absolutely – a lot of people think that Obama – some people think it's going to come out of the House of Windsor. But since the House of Windsor is a bunch of Draco reptilians, they're actually below Satan in the, uh, in the hierarchy of evil. So there would be no point in a Draco reptilian incarnating into a human body and becoming the Antichrist because they're subordinate to Satan. That does not make sense to me. So I already know it's not going to come out of the House of Windsor. Obama makes absolute sense to me, 100 percent, three ways to Sunday. I have no problem with it, and I'm sticking with it. All right. Now, that being said, Satan incarnates into Obama. All right. And that, and a lot of people are saying, well, he's going to go through the United Nations. And, you know, the United Nations is, reminds me of the Bumble in, in Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you know, after his teeth was taken out. They don't have any teeth. The United Nations says, we're, you know, we're going to procl- proclamate all these, you know, sanctions on you. And everybody just kind of laughs and goes, oh, United Nations, you know, it's, so, okay, fine. Maybe he has some sort of a hookup with the United Nations, but I do believe to your point that Obama may very well. And why wouldn't he, why wouldn't the Antichrist set up his headquarters and look, the Christian bookstores are gushing with all kinds of prophetic Christian books about the Antichrist being a Muslim. What is Obama? He's a Muslim. Where would a Muslim set up his headquarters in Israel? At the Al-Aqsa Mosque. (laughs) Why does there have to be a temple? So, you know, it's just to me, it's just a little bit of common sense. And, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know. But, yes, I agree with everything that you wrote. I think it's absolutely right on the numbers. I mean, praise God. And it matches everything else, too, which makes it extra awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> and we were like yeah. way over time, but I don't care because I don't have to get up tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> I've enjoyed it so much. I do not have any way to share my dreams. Um, I've just kind of been, I've lost my website. I've lost my Kindle account. I've just been hacked, 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 hacked. And so unfortunately, I do not have anything in which I could share of the PDF that I wrote of my, my dreams on. But you can, if you have a way of sharing, I'd be happy to send it to you. Um, I do. Um, unfortunately, my website is so noisy with hundreds and hundreds of articles and stuff that nobody will ever be able to find it. That's my problem. I tell people all the time, just go to the main page and look for blankety blank, and I get like, a bunch of emails and people are like, can you please send me the link? I can't find it. So I'm, that's the bad part about it. Now, 
I, I'm trying to think of what else. Well, uh, do you have any way that people can communicate with you at all? Um, just my, you know, my email. I guess I could I could give my email. Um, Did you want to go ahead? Oh, um, but if you a second email. Maybe what I can do, you know, what I could probably do is fix something. If you, if people are, if it appears that people are interested, um, I will create a, a new website and I can just put it, upload it to that. Um, so well, for you now can, you can just. So resend it to me at, you know, you know mine, jbaptist777 at gmail.com. That's been around since, you know, Lucifer started the first wars in heaven. I'm kidding. But anyway, um, <laughs> you know, but anyway, um, no, I, you know, you can send it to me. And then uh, if there are any of the listeners out there that are listening to a podcast or whatever, and you hung, hung out and whatever, and you're interested, send me an email at jbaptist777 at gmail.com, and I'll send you over her booklet until she gets everything set up. And by the way, as a cybersecurity specialist, uh, here, here's an idea. Next time you use a password, just use something like Jesus is Lord pound pound. And then think of like, like, a, like, a, like a place that you used to live like a zip code 17036 and you have like the world it's the easiest password in the world to remember and nobody will ever break into it so anyway just a little bit of cyber <laughs> cyber hygiene ideas there for you <laughs> believe me i i come from the school of hard knocks so <laughs> i'm uniquely qualified to share that information it's crazy how much has been hacked and how much has been oh i just i can't even i just feel like it's I know maybe it's a good sign that I'm worth hacking, but um, yeah, I need to I get a little bit more up to date because I feel like there's a lot that we can do if we're up to date and able to reach this next generation. So I think I've got yeah. a little inspiration to do that now. Absolutely. Yeah, lock it down tighter than Fort Knox, praise God, because you're right. Everybody and their brothers get hacked right now. They really are. It's bad out there. I, I, read, I read the news that's associated with my job, and it just gives me chills sometimes. I'm like, oh, man, because I know it's coming at me. You know, it's like, I, you know, I'm busy enough. I don't want to be any more busy. So why don't you Iranian hackers leave us alone? Um, but anyway, would you close with a prayer for us tonight? I would love to. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you for this uh, time that we have to just think about your return and also to lay our lives down as living sacrifices today, that we want to be your servants that please you, that live for you, and that die for you. We thank you, Lord, that we can trust you to be with us in our hardest moments, and we are so eager to see you again. We are so eager to see you face-to-face and no longer dimly in a mirror, but we want to see you face-to-face. And we just say, come, Lord Jesus, even so, come. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Thank you so much, Sister um, uh, Beth, for uh, joining us tonight and sharing what you did share, and and so much more. I'm sure you have even in your um, in your uh, you know uh, mini doc or whatever. I, I don't know what the actual page count, but it was irrelevant. But anyway, um, uh, folks, if you want to get a copy of Beth's uh, booklet uh, of the prophecies and, and, and such that she's been shown and dreams, um, email me at jbaptist777 at gmail.com. Thank you, Beth, for joining us tonight. God bless you. What a really, really powerful 
powerful testimony. Um, I personally hope that none of us have to do the guillotine thing. Uh, you know, very kindly <laughs> ask the hooded men if you can sharpen the, the blade before you put your head down. Uh, they might be in a good mood. You never know what will happen. <laughs> Well, John, I've given birth. I've given birth six times. If, if I can give birth six times, I can die once. <laughs> exactly. That, that's, that's, yeah, and I'm I'm thinking Christmas cookies and things to bribe them, you know. But whatever. <laughs> anyway, God bless you all. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Beth. Powerful show. Uh, we will see you Wednesday, 7 p.m. Lord willing. God bless you, Beth. Thank you. Bye bye. Lord, we come to you with repentant hearts. We seek you with all our might. Sinners set the mercy of grace. Redeemed we are by your embrace. Praise his holy name. Praise the King of Kings. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? For you we will endure Until you come back for your bride To set her free Write our names in your book of life We are cleansed through your holy sacrifice As we lift your name on high Renew our mind, renew our soul Remove the scars from our past And deem us righteous We rebuke all deceptive lies When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. We are the branches on a living tree. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then we will endure. Until you come back for your bride. Set her free. Watch us as we trim our wicks. Our lamps are full. Our hearts are right. Like those five wise virgins, we will be. Your bride awaits thee patiently. Blessed sound that will rise. The churches gather. We're praying that we're worthy, Lord, to join our family. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? We will endure 
And while we wait, we will bring forth the fruit of the light of Christ. When will your coming be? When will your trumpet sound for me? Till then, we will endure until you come back for your bride and set us free. I shall lift my obedient children to the clouds, for they shall see my glory.